Hi, everybody. Welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 168. Happy Thanksgiving to any of our Canadian listeners, right? It's much later in America, but it is Thanksgiving in Canada. Long weekend for us, which is nice. So we've got a meal with the Korean side of the family today. Mm -hmm. A meal with the European side of the family, I guess, tomorrow. Although you won't be there, you're working. No, I am. And then Monday you have off, so we can just relax and hang out. And you had an exciting evening last night, sort of. There's a guy coming up. Oh, right. And then a friend of ours. Yes. Basically, I'd consider a nephew, not by blood, but by choice. Yeah. Uh, is hopefully coming up to stay the night. Oh, yeah. I haven't figured that out yet. Still have to confirm that. That seems somewhat necessary. I would say so, yes. Because we got to get arguably. her to the airport at the wee hours of the morning as well. I could totally stay up till then. I know you could, but you can't drive. So that's kind of useless. No, but like just to just because. I do that already. Yeah. And so last night, you, your mother and I went out for a nice meal and a uh, little shopping, walking around a mall. Surprise, surprise. And she had some bubble tea and I surprise, had some surprise. coffee. Um, you went to Canada's Wonderland, which is like the biggest theme park in Canada, I want to say. I could be wrong. Um, I just can't out, imagine. I haven't heard of any other. Place. Just a little ways outside of Toronto. And they do what's called Halloween Haunt every year. And it was your first year going with friends down the street took you. So... Um, you went with how many kids there all together? Like five, six, seven? You, um, your brother, those two lads? Six, probably. Six. So, and the basic idea is you walk around and as you're, it's all the it's rides are open. The theme, not all of them. No? And then, it so, okay, describe little, it. We didn't talk like, too much mo- about most it. Most of the rides were open. And then, like, it's basically just a normal theme park, but people try to scare you. Right. And if you choose to scream back at them, that's your choice. And so if you wanted to opt out of being scared, you can do that too, right? I only saw, like, really little kids with those. I honestly didn't see too many But what was it, like, kids. a glow stick or yeah, something? Yeah, like, they were just wearing it around their neck or whatever. That indicated, like, hey, don't scare me. Yeah. Basically. Nice. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to bring up in banter was something you were telling me about certain... A person approaches you at school when you're wearing certain shirts. Hmm. Didn't Oh, they? yeah. So explain that because you let me you are a 16 year old boy in grade 11, as we'd say in Canada or a junior for our American friends. And how many people at school do you talk wrestling about with Chaffee? Chaffee. So one teacher and then like me, oh, obviously, I talked to the one guy in your department once that one time I was getting my food. Right. Um, so anyways, so we'll say one and a half. You said a random person approached you a couple times. Yeah, the one time I was wearing my acclaimed shirt, got scissor. Yeah, I think I think I was wearing the Forbidden Door hoodie, and then you get a little. But you haven't actually talked to him. No, I've only seen him like a couple times, and it's just like. So you're wearing your acclaimed shirt, and a dude just walks up for a scissoring. Yeah, and (laughs) (laughs) at first I was like, huh, and then I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm wearing the shirt. And then sorry, what were you wearing for the two sweet? Just I think Forbidden Door. I think that was just right. So yeah. there's some mystery the wrestling bang, bang, fan. Gang. I always wanted to do the fucking that. So in a school of like 900 kids, there's the maybe guns up. there's maybe one that's a wrestling fan. One, well, a secret wrestling fan that we so know of. You said there was someone that you talked to, or, or maybe I'm there's former of students there former that were for sure. It's not the same thing. Maybe a current. I don't remember. But anyways, I thought that was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna have a big show because we've got to talk about a couple pay per views that seem like a month ago, but we're actually well, yeah, a week ago. Yeah, because we never. Like, we never, uh, I guess, like, never feel motivated to do. Well, I know you won't uh, be, so I just don't ask. But, like... Because <laughs> well, you're going to you be like, I don't want to... I can't see you really wanting to either. Well, in just in the sense that it makes our Saturday recordings shorter. That's the only... And it's yeah. fresh in my memory, because right now it's going to be... 
Like I was but telling I you, like I just watched. We a, don't also don't have the time. I just watched time. a recap of um, No Mercy because I was like, huh? Oh yeah, that's why all that you didn't happened. want to recap AEW. That one I remembered a bit more. That's I guess true. being that's a true. day fresher or more memorable and or whatever better. it was. But and more things possibly but i think we should get into it because we're going to cover no mercy wrestle dream and then our preview fast lane our usual dynamite nxt impact a little bit of main roster talk probably do you have figuring this week uh no okay so that being said it's going to be a chonky episode and we are supposed to be getting out of here to get down for a thanksgiving meal so let's get started in looking at some of the week's wrestling news and rumors All right, ratings. It happened. Did you hear about the ratings this week? No. The stars aligned. It happened. NXT beat AEW in average viewers. That That's is, what they're going for next week. That is crazy. That would be two weeks in a row. So NXT did 857,000 viewers, which is up 29.6%. And just to contrast directly, AEW this week averaged 800,000, down 64 so 57,000 more people averaged, I guess, uh, viewing NXT, which is crazy. However, uh, the demographic was a little different. 0.22 in the key demo for NXT, which is up 20%, and a 0.28 for AEW, which is the same. So in that category, which they most people say that's what they care about more. The key that's, demo? That's the money. That's yeah. the money bringers. Right. And what money is it? It's like people are most likely to buy merch, right? I think Something so. like that, right? That's the or general, just in the general perception. spend money. Right. Yeah. Like I think it's stuff. what. No, it's it's just above my age, right? Like. Yeah. Although I feel like it's eighteen to whatever. It could honestly go to my age because I actually no because I don't spend I don't think I particularly spend a lot of money on like the merch. Their stuff. You no. spend st- money on figures and things. Which well, I like guess that's it. Them. Guess it trickles down to them, yeah, but like does, I think it's course. not like I'm not. I feel like it's they're thinking more of the people that are likely to directly buy from them like yeah. on their Correct. website because and even then i think we bought like we bought it from AEW for my birthday so <laughs> i mean that's still the key demo so actually technically still applies just not for nxt nxt's best viewership since october 2020 second lowest is viewership. that an actual reasonable number fair enough yeah and second I, lowest viewership of 2023 for dynamite also reasonable right so an interesting week did not expect that but um mm-hmm. Very good numbers for NXT, obviously. Mm-hmm. What do you got? Uh, oh, this was a terrible yeah, was week a for news. Horrible news week. Honestly. Wait, well, you already know one of my news stories that you're like, really? <laughs> it's like, yeah, one of mine is so the, the big news of the week is the WWE's current top merch sellers. Okay, that's that's one of my two things. LA Knight, LA Knight, yeah. So uh, in in LWO, no. Okay, so now. they were for a while. Uh, we have there's top ten, so oh, LA Knight's number one. Okay. Um, and so a couple of these are like legacy ones, so no oh, okay. current ones. Get and, rid of those first. Um, you want me to get rid? Just tell you. No, tell me them. Yeah. Okay. Austin and NWO. So okay, Austin that makes sense. is fourth right now, and sure. NWO is I think seventh. Uh, one of the people is dead. Who is that? It's pretty obvious. Is it? Like recently dead, Bray Wyatt. Yes, he okay. would be. He's six, I think. Um. No, wait. Nine, one, two, three, four. Yeah, six. He's number six. Um, who else is popular? Bloodline stuff? Kind of. Uh, Ro- Roman is, yeah. I think he's like nine. Uh, Jey Uso is seven. So NW is eight. Yeah. 
who are the big? I don't even know who the big baby faces There's are right now. Cena, Cody, and Ripley are the oh. only other ones. Oh, and Ke- Kevin Owens is tenth. Good for Ripley. Yeah. And Owens, that's cool. Yeah. Um, great for Knight though. If you're beating up Roman, Cena, and Austin, that's mm-hmm. pretty. That bodes well for now. Absolutely. Uh, Adam Cole injury update. He told his followers on Twitch that he will require two surgeries involving eight screws and a plate being inserted in his ankle. So that's he. They just the doctors called it an absolute freak. Yeah, like, like not to just hurt can't. your ankle jumping off something, but to this degree, right? Is like he destroyed it. So I didn't see anything, any talk of return time or recovery time. So who knows? But that's pretty crazy. That's horrible. But obviously well, they're gonna still keep him on TV as they did this week, right? Yeah. So I just don't know how they're gonna stretch the storyline because like yeah. it's really bad timing because I don't know. You run the risk of ruining the thing. Obviously it's through no fault of their own. No. But yeah, it's we'll see where tricky. they go. They did keep Britt on TV um, when she got injured. True. So that was something. Um, the only interesting thing of the week, or maybe not interesting, depending on how you want to view it, is WWE are reportedly like there's some deal, like they're maybe in talks with CM Punk, or they yep, are in talks with CM Punk over a potential return. Um, I would pinpoint Survivor Series as the most likely. That's what I heard. Because it's in Chicago. Correct. And I saw one that was... Again, I don't know who, but say, stating it stronger than speculating like this. He he will be coming back, and it's probably at, like that's almost how strongly it was. So yeah, go ahead. Have I'm him. This yeah, they can have him. Because um, He can kill you guys from within. Yeah. Not that I want can. any wrestling company to die, but like if it's going to be one, if that's it, the one I choose. If we need a sacrificial lamb. Correct. Then, uh, if he has to taint some company, it can be that one. Then that that's fine with me. Yeah. And... um. I feel like with the whole Endeavor thing now with WWE being owned by, like, I feel like there's a lot less wiggle room for him, whether it's Vince or not, because I think Vince is obviously, like, I think if, if Vince was still in charge, Punk would not be wiggling around much. Right. But I also feel like now that WWE is, like, owned by not WWE, that might trickle down. Like, I don't think Punk's going to, obviously, there's no way he'll have any level any like not the same level wiggle room that he had in right. AEW, but that's I feel what we like, were saying. like it'll be a lot less or a lot more controlled and we'll see how he likes it he had a company throw a ton of money at him because like basically the owner was a super fan and then have him attack people backstage and then bring him back and give him his own show and keep paying and him a ton of money and let him choose who was on his show and still botched it and yeah, he's still like he's not gonna get that wide a berth in WWE. So no. we're saying six, he got like basically whatever he wanted. And six to still, nine months, right? Yeah, I don't guess. think he's lasting a full calendar year. No, I think I something's so gonna like. I agree. It's gonna go to crap pretty well, soon. Well, speaking of big news, not since CM Punk being released have we had news this big that Julia Hart and Lee Johnson are reportedly set for time off from AEW and or Ring of Honor. They're because why? They're getting married. They're getting married and honeymoon. Yeah. Good for them. I just don't care about that's either of them. That's scraping the bottom. That's all. That's like, scraping the bottom of the barrel. It really was. Not only is it time off for a wedding, which is already just whatever, but it's Lee Johnson and Julia Hart. I, no disrespect to either of them, but like, come on. Kind of forgot Lee Johnson was a thing. Not going to lie. Yeah. I haven't seen him in a while. I don't give a crap Big about Lee Johnson. I never cared about Lee, Lee Johnson. We know this. Um, I only have two more things. It's an afterthought in my brain. You got anything? It's your turn. Uh, no, I got two. That's it? Did you hear that they New Japan has chosen a new lead English broadcaster, commentator? I did see that. That makes me a little sad. I like Kevin Kelly. I do, but uh, this guy apparently has done work for like hey, GCW. As long as, he's good. as hey, long as he's good. 21 years old. And he's called the Velvet Voice, Walker Stewart. 
was I confirmed. Was, hey, as long as he's good, man, because Kevin Kelly does his job fantastically. Like when uh, we were watching the greatest match ever. Um, <laughs> right. Kevin Kelly was really good in that, just providing the exposition and everything. So as long as this guy's like kind of good in that role, because yeah. that's super helpful for not an avid new Japan right. viewer such as myself. No, Kevin Kelly. As long good. as this guy's good at that, I'm t- fine with that. Um, and I think Kevin Kelly's gonna be more on. I think it's a Collision or something now with Nigel. So that that's cool. At least he's still going, right? So I've watched some GCW, and I don't remember if this guy was doing the commentary or not. I don't remember anyone standing out, but I'm curious to hear what he sounds like as well. Yeah, I'll give it a shot whenever. And the only other thing is actually something you told me first, I think. Um, An impact match after Bound for Glory that's really interesting. What was it? Was it Alexander Osprey? Yeah, Josh Alexander Osprey. They're putting that on the untelevised thingy that they do. I know. That makes me... It's on the Fallout show. That's ridiculous because that's a crazy match. And then add into that that if Alexander beats Shelly for the title... It's a title match, too, yeah. which I kind of feel like Alexander might because they clearly yeah. had plans for him and he got hurt and whatnot, right? So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Anyways, that's uh, a very slow news week. Wraps that up. Horrible news week. Just... And, and now we're going to go back in time about a week and quickly, not a lot of detail because we need to get through it. week when there was better news. And uh, quickly recap a couple of pay-per-views in what do we call this segment? I don't know. What do you want to call it before the music uh, hits? Turbo review. Nice. Let's go back a week to, uh, I guess it'd be No Mercy first, right, that we watched? Would be. And this is the most in-depth you'll watch any NXT is their pay-per-views, right? Like, yeah. you're in the room sometimes for the show, but you're usually second screening something else. I'll do the PLEs. Uh, or if something really good comes, you'll check it out. But um, talk about the, do you remember the opening? Because they always do a creative kind of, and it's sometimes mostly a hit, sometimes a miss, the opening. I Oh, this one this was, was actually great. Amazing. Yeah, because it was paying homage to the uh, Nintendo. N64 No Mercy game uh, from Aki. Which is like legendary, like, a lot of people's yeah, favorite all time, right? One of the greatest wrestling right. games of all time, it's toted as. So they did like the match intros in the style of that, and they had all the character renders in that style and the opening. It was awesome. It it's was, one it was thing really to cool. do like the general whatever, but when they took the time to they mean, create like, the every, mod- that every was really character. Cool. Yeah, it was next level. Yeah. It, it was a really cool thing that they did. Yeah. It was. Um, so opening match on this, we get Braun Breaker taking on Baron Corbin. Uh, describe Braun Breaker's entrance gear, please. Uh, Sam McVara. Uh, to the extreme. Oh, I saw More like someone, Black Tarus. Someone posted uh, something. It was, really funny. it was some joke about um, Little Red Riding Hood. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that made me he, laugh. He had a wolf head. It on. was stupid, man. Like, the first time I saw it, because I saw it on Instagram before we watched the show, because we watched the lakes, I think I was working or something. It's bad. It's stupid. Like, it's worse than the dog mask. It made me laugh, because it's it's bad. My first note says, who told Braun <laughs> that the wolf head was a good idea? That's a fireable offense, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who, who let this get past Gorilla? Like, And then... You're, you notice this. Corbin walks in on he's a motorcycle. Like, he's he can't even like actually ride it like Taker would, <laughs> no. or like, he's just like I don't know if there wasn't enough speech. room. That's what I'm, I'm sure thinking. he knows how to ride a motorcycle. That's what I'm thinking. But, yeah. but like, it's and I don't just, know, like, don't even do it at that point. I don't know if you remember, but it was kind of a recurring theme because when um, out the mud, right? When they came out on bikes, they walked them down too. They did. Yeah, pedal. but those weren't like. The motorcycle is on though. Yeah, those look like true. just like bikes. The, the, the motorcycle the is on. To walk okay, yeah. I feel like theirs was more excusable because they look like just like bikes that were are manpower. But his was like a motorcycle that was on. Okay, so he's like, wearing like a skull half mask 
thing over his face or lower half of his face. It was right? better than the wolf mask. It was kind of by default. So I have a few notes on No Mercy, I guess. So Braun attacks before the bell dives to the floor. They brawl in the crowd a little bit, right? And then remember, I don't remember the details, but the stairs magically moved, and you were like, "Who moved the stairs?" Yeah, they're like so. I don't know. I didn't if they see were, anyone touch them. They, I think they were just there already, which is I weird because yeah. they I think they put them back later. But like the stairs were both placed beside each other beside the announce table. It was weird. And then Corbin, of course, uses them to jump off and lands on the table with the Centon. Braun moves. Is this when the table didn't break? I can't I, Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it, it didn't. broke later because I think it was like a choke slam or something. So then it uh match officially starts. Braun's in control. We lose commentary for a little bit, a couple minutes here. Um Second rope clothesline, Corbin's in contor- control now. Fireman's carry into a gut buster for Braun. Really deliberate place. Pay- this is my note. Very deliberate pace, dot, dot, dot. I can snack and still take notes. Where you're not doing that in AEW, like a multi-man no. match or a tag match no. or something. Uh, sudden Braun Frankensteiner. He doesn't get all of it. Gorilla press, press power slam for two. Death Valley driver by Corbin was pretty nice for two. Um... Braun goes for the recliner. Corbin gets to the rope. Sudden deep six. Corbin for a pretty... The deep six was good, though. It, it was like a nice near ex- fall It was there. the extra spin on that. Right? It, yeah, it was so nice. That was... Um, Braun sends Corbin to the floor. He follows. Corbin choke slams him through a table. Braun gets up pretty quickly from that. Spears Corbin on the floor. Throws him in the ring. Straps go down. Robert Stone jumps on him. I thought that was random. I mean, I know it's related, but it was just, it was random because there's like, I don't know, it was weird. Yeah, it was kind of strange. And then Braun catches him and throws him out of the ring. Braun turns back around into an end of days. And pretty surprisingly, I thought Baron Corbin wins in 10 minutes. You have our predictions too, by the way, right? Yeah, I'll pull that up. I don't don't think think either of us picked Corbin. I can't say I picked Corbin, but. So I don't know about you. I thought this was a little bit of a slog and the crowd wasn't really into it until late. It was, yeah. It kind of. It definitely bored me. It was not the ideal opener choice. It's hard to have a hot opener that's heel versus heel, I think, right? In yeah, general. Yeah, that's part of it. And I think just their styles, it's not hot opener either. Ron Breaker is never a hot opener, even when he was babyface. I thought there was a couple awkward bits. Uh, I liked the final minute or two. I thought the rest was pretty ordinary, to be honest. Um, I thought the table spots are cool and all, but um, the, yeah, most of this was just kind of lame to me. Um, I, I didn't love I it. I thought things were a little bit off at times. I was surprised by the outcome. I'm fine with being yeah. surprised by it's, a wrestling it's match. It's fine, I think, because there's also some interference. Yeah, we both picked Braun. So. so I like to do star ratings on these, not because I think we're experts, but because when it is a week away, the star rating I gave it really helps me. You know what I mean? Because I know what I mean by two and three quarter stars, which I gave this. Um, cause I thought it wasn't quite like two and a half. to me, three stars, like an average match. And I thought this was a bit below probably go two considering two the context, around, yeah. like it's a pay-per-view opener. Yeah. It should be better. Heel versus heel and right. just the styles involved doesn't make it an overly exciting one. And then my summary of Gigi, jo- Gigi Dolan vignette, suffering rage. She embraces who she is and channels her anger. Rough it's one of the pointless ones that they squish into the PLDs. Yeah, it has. You're not even on the show, but let's get you a little character. No, because there was a Cora Jade one later. And it's like there is. Where's she, what's she even doing? Uh, Dragonov package. He'll endure pain. He'll never be broken. He's invincible, etc. Mackenzie is then talking to Mello and Trick. Trick says they'll both win. Mello hypes up Trick a little bit. Says it's about both of them. They do their tandem catchphrase. So they appear to be on the same page now because the end of NXT it was sort of like they're struggling a little bit of the episode i mean the tv episode and now it seems like they're on the same page again so I, the back and forth with them continues and i like that 
We then get the, the North American Championship match where it's Dominic Mysterio defending against Trick Williams with Dragon Lee as the most inconsequential guest referee I remember. Like, I don't think I, he played a role. Did he? Uh, not, Wasn't he out at one point? Yeah. I don't know. He's probably tied with Jeff Jarrett for the le least. Yeah, I thought he would play. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. As I go over my recap, I'll be like, oh, he did do something. But right now, I'm thinking. I'm mostly probably got in Dom's face a little bit just because yeah. Dom's Dom. But, like, I feel like. He didn't really add a whole lot. I don't either. We get an immediate drop kick by Dom, roll up by Trick. Neither are happy with Dragon Lee's count right off the bat. Um, yeah, that's probably like the, that's it. Maybe that's the extent know. of his interference. Dom escapes to the floor. The crowd is all over him because he's doing the the slimy heel tactics. Trick's in control. Dom escapes again. Um, you get Dom kicking the ropes as Trick comes back in the ring, and that's that cheap move is allowed enough for uh, Dom to take control for a while. We neck, get a neck snap on the top rope and an inside-out senton uh, for a two-count. Trick uh, gets his boot up and takes over with strikes and kicks. A couple I didn't think looked super great. We get a 6-1-9 to the back of Trick. Um, Trick ducks Dom. Dom, Sorry, Trick ducks and Dom accidentally kicks super, uh, super kicks Dragon Lee, right? So now I think he's out. Oh, yes, this is the match where Dom lost three times. Right, neck breaker by Trick, but there's no ref. The replacement yeah, so ref comes neck in. Neck breaker beats Dom, just yes. to clarify. There was, I forget what the other thing was. Oh, no, I remember now. Okay. So we get the second ref comes in, but the, only a two count by the time he gets there. Flapjack and a Cyclone boot by Trick for two. <laughs> they crack heads and both men are down. I'm like, crackheads? What, what's going on here? <laughs> There's a run-in by crackheads? I don't remember that. Um, I mean, po it's possible. Dom runs over the backup ref and uh, takes Trick to the floor and runs him into the post. We get a missed frog splash, but no ref. Trick gets yeah, uh, so goes to get another ref. To clarify, Dom has lost to a... He got pinned by a neck breaker, yeah. and then he lost by missing a frog splash. But it suits so, Dom, because Dom's thing is he's not a great wrestler. Okay, but, like... <laughs> I, I don't mind it. No, but you can be, a be like, not a great wrestler, but still, like, you can still kick out of that. I don't think he's... I, I guess. That makes him just look the stupid. The bridge too far. No, I'm fine with, like... I agree with what you're saying, that he's, like, not as good as he so thinks he, has he to is. Cheat. Or right, so he has to... But, like... I think this just makes him look stupid because I don't think anyone's that bad that you can't kick out of missing a move right. or a neck breaker, which is a basic move. I think if you, where you're going with your argument, that's just making him look stupid. It's too far. Yeah, maybe you're right. It just makes him look dumb. Dom gets a belt, tries to run over Trick with it, but Trick gets his <laughs> knees up. <laughs> that just sounds weird. And Dom is pinned after 10 minutes. Um, so he lost a neck breaker, missing a frog splash, and a running knee. That was questionable. I thought this was okay, but nothing special. I Yeah, I thought it was fine but like it wasn't great and i thought the finishing knee strike was not this is not Takeshita or no, omega no. or and i think that's like the that. point is both of these guys are young neither of them is really a technician at this I point i think it's all i could have expected right nothing really it wasn't totally clean again no. I, I i don't see the point to dragon lee as the ref he just gets super kicked and then that's it no, He's gone. there was really no point to that. And we had like a lot of ref bumps, which is a lot for me. And I've um, heard he's on his way out to the main roster. So like, why was he even refereeing? Yeah, I, I like Trick. Not sure if he's a North American champion at this point. No. He may not have a long title run just to, we'll see, yeah. I guess. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, so I I didn't love the opener and I don't think that this was a ton better. I, I went to three stars for this, like average. It was perfect average. I'd say like three stars, maybe like just below but i think and i don't know what goes on with the dom dragon lee angle now because you didn't really further it here other than he got super kicked i guess yeah but. and so dragon lee was on smackdown against so i think he's done like, weird 
I know. It seems like they're just pulling people out. <laughs> like Mustafa Ali gone. Dragon Lee maybe gone. I At don't least know. Dragon Lee's not fired though. True. We get a replay of the tag teams meeting in the Italian restaurant leading to the fatal four-way coming up. Then we get Joe Gacy. He's upset. All hope is gone. Schism's dead. He sends Ava away. And Gacy needs to find his purpose. So I don't know if he's getting repackaged or tweaked or something. He but could probably go with a repackage. I think so. Because I think there was potential in the original thing. And he can probably do something else. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, then we get the four-way for the tag team championships. It's the family. So D'Angelo and Stax, the Creed brothers. Garza, Carrillo, and Out the Mud. Out the Mud. They OTM out the mud, walk down on their low rotter bikes. Yeah, I thought oh my they looked kind of silly. The, yeah, they look stupid, and the ring announcer sounds stupid saying "out the mud." So Garza and Julius start. All eight end up coming in, and they pair off to brawl. Julius flipping sent on to the Lotharios on the floor, even though that's not their name. It's just for ease of use right now. Los Lotharios. Nima and Price control Brutus, but sorry, who? Who? Uh, out the mud. Uh, control OTM. Brutus. But Carrillo makes a blind tag. Carrillo and Stacks pick up the pace once they're in. Tony tags in for a quick double team. Tony hip tosses Stacks into Carrillo and Garza in opposite corners. At one point, Tony's knee buckles, and this becomes part of the story, right? Uh, the referee calls for medical, which is it's, um, it's becoming a bit overused for me, and we see it in I think Wrestle Dream too. There's a few yeah. I feel like this doctors get like. Well, because they also actually do this sometimes. So I, I guess they would know the yeah. difference. But I don't know, it's just like it kind of blurs the lines a little for it when it actually does happen. Uh, Stax is double teamed by Carrillo and Garza. And some of that was cool, I thought. Nima tags in and OTM take their turn dominating Stax. Ivy Nile kicks Scripps off the steps, I guess, as Scripps was probably going to cheat for OTM. I don't know why he still Scripps, man. It's so stupid. Brutus finally gets into the match, and he dominates for a stretch. Julius does his spot where he suplexes everybody one after the other, um, while Brutus and Garza has Garza in an ankle lock until Carrillo breaks it up. Stax is at the mercy of everyone again. I and then Garza was selling the ankle lock really well. Like, yeah. He just looked. I like them. Um of course, Tony is fighting his way back down the ramp. You know, they're trying to, medical's trying to stop him. He's going to come back and help his buddy because it's loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. So he does. Uh, he catches Carrillo out of the air, hits a spine buster, superplex out of every corner, I think, by the faces. What was this? Yeah. And they, like, they did angled it well. the superplex really well because, like, some of them were kind of more to the left, straight kinda. on, or like yeah. towards the one side of the ropes. And then so they all fit at the they, same time. It was also uh, pretty perfectly timed, I will say. It was very well done. Mm -hmm. uh, the Creed's and the Italian square off. <laughs> the Can I say that? Italian. But I, I, I think I probably get away think with so. It. I think but heels take that. over and out the mud. <laughs> hit the Viking experience for two. Remember? Yeah. Um, Why that did I take okay. so many notes on this? What was I doing? It, it was okay. You probably said nothing better to do. <laughs> it was, that looked okay. It was not as good as them, but it's just like the pop up power slam or whatever. Yeah. And, I don't know in this in this and just in general. I think Lucian Price is kind of interesting, just the way he and acts. I don't think they looked awful here for being no. super inexperienced. I just think Nemo kind of sucks because he's just like you know he does like the weird hand motions trying to look cool and whatever. Yeah. He just kind of like his whole shtick rubs me the wrong way. But I feel like um, Price, it just like the whole animalistic instincts thing, kind of interests me. Yeah, like he could do some sort of kind of animal character. Yep, and I think it'd be cool. So I feel like if he joined Braun in the himself, Wolf Pack, okay, that's just ruined my whole thing. <laughs> Like, just, like, distance himself from that. I feel like he could be, do something cool. I yep. don't know. Because I think Nima's kind of lame, but I think Price is They got lots of time to yeah. figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, Garza hits a missile drop kick to send Julius and whoever was on Julius's shoulders down. I didn't quite uh, get it in the moment. Um, 
know. Brutus hits I a think double. Price, I don't Brutus hits a double clothesline to clear the ring, follows with a Brutus ball to the floor. Oh, a double clothesline. Stacks kicks um, Price and kicks Price. Does that make sense? Yes, there is a Price. I'm like, who's Price? Lucian, right? Lucian Price. Kicks Price and stacks. Tony D'Angelo hit the bada bing, bada boom. That was lame. I forgot Tony what it D was. Tony D making the cover after 13 minutes. I already minutes. forgot it's what it is. It's not a great. It's another like spilled milk or whatever where it's like oh, yeah, you're both doing was... stuff, but it's not. I forget what it is exactly, too. I always, it's can't, I know it wasn't great because I'm gapping on it right now. But I thought this was the best match to this point because there was some fast-paced action. Most yeah, there of, was most some of the way solid this. work in here. I think just having a bunch of bodies in there kind of helps the pace not slow down too much. But I thought as far as multi-man tags go, it was just like it was okay. I I thought the Wrestle Dream one, which is a pretty yes, good direct comparison, it was, was a lot better. I feel like we didn't get that much of the creeds here because a lot of it was heels beating on stacks while Tony D was out with the injury. Right, right that was kind of the story. Right? And then the creeds kind of mostly ended up helping the family a little bit. Yeah. Right, like that. I thought that was kind of weird because it's not like it's an elimination thing. So no. The alliances are kind of weird. And it's also not like it's a solo match. So you have, I guess, stacks. Didn't really, I don't know, it just it was a little weird to me. Out the mud didn't impress me, but I didn't think they looked bad either, right? No, they so were kind of there. fine, I think. Their inclusion was still a little weird to me, though. Carrillo and Garza showed flashes of really good tag team wrestling. Although they look like the Mexican Wolves. Uh, the ref lost control. Doesn't bother me in AEW, so it doesn't really bother mm -hmm. me here. I went three and a quarter stars. I thought this I was, got three and a quarter, yeah. picking it was up here. perfectly fine. Yep. Um, replay of the same kind of Pillman tease from the previous Tuesday, yeah. right? I think that's a fair replay. With the Bengals so and the Saturday night. It's better than the useless packages they always put in. Yeah. So. Trick and Mello celebrate Trick's win backstage. They talk about one more win for Mello, and they can celebrate together. Uh, we see Becky filling a shopping cart with weapons ahead of her match. And, and then we her get weapon choices were so great. The <laughs> I forgot about the, we'll see you later. the um, hard hat spot, remember? <laughs> Shades when of I went Jade back Skateboard. The, yeah. Uh, so Noam Dar then talks about the Heritage Cup. And he says it's time to separate the sheep from the goat, which I thought was a good That's line. That's a good line. Um, and we get a quick recap of the tournament up to this match. The then Global Heritage Invitation. We do get the Heritage Cup Championship. So it is Noam Dar. He's got Oro Mensa, Jakara Jackson, and Lash Legend, better known as the Meta Four. I guess the Meta a Three left with him making four. And Butch, who has Tyler Bate with Pete him. Done. So round one, lots of holds and counters. Butch being one step ahead until a nice kick from Dar. Dar runs the ropes, get flattened by a clothesline. Dunn goes to work on Dar's fingers. <laughs> and then after the bell, one of my favorite things of this weekend, Noam Dar hits a back elbow. Like, like he does that else. whole like a second and a half after the bell. And, and just he didn't hear it. absolutely drills this back elbow. Like, I don't even know how. He did how. it a few times, dude. There's the one later that I saw just like when it was on the network His... again uh, where you caught Butch's leg and then he just elbows the crap out of his face. Jericho would watch this and be like, I'm never doing the Judas effect again. Yeah, Jericho I am trash. would just stop doing the Judas effect after this. It's Dar and Andrade. There's it, our... It, I, this is better than Andrade, I so. dare I say. Because like nasty. it puts the Judas effect to shame. It's nasty. It's I don't know how he's not boring. actually hurting people. I think Dunn just like... The, the whiplash he gets on that too. Just, just like, the speed of Dar's spin and, like, it's and the contact. And a crisp clap And the too. sound. Just it's perfect all Amazing. around. It's it's honestly... It's one of those things where that's where wrestling looks. It's realist. Yep. Like, it's crazy. Uh, round two, Dar attacks immediately. Butch is kind of still groggy from the elbow at the end of the last <laughs> round. I mean, you kind of have to be. Dar like... teases a draping DDT, but steps back and just kicks Butch in the head instead, which I thought was a nice heel move and plays off the, the head injury already happening here. Three corner insiguris and a shining wizard by Butch. 
Then the beats of the Bowery as the metaphor get up on the apron. Mensa lands a cheap shot kick to Butch, and we get a Nova roller, and Dar picks up the first fall here in the second round. Round three is back and forth. They collide, running the ropes. Both are down. Butch flips out of a German, kicks Dar in the head. We get a Butch moonsault to the floor. The metaphor slow Butch down out on the floor, and Dar almost rolls him up as he comes back in. Butch gets a second rope moonsault, but Dar kicks him in the midsection. Butch hits a running forearm and the bitter end, and that ties things up here at round three at 1-1. Round four, Butch is pounding on Dar on the mat to start. Dar counters with a choke, then counters into an armbar as we turn to the mat for the first half of this round. X-Plex for two, Butch kicked off the ropes, and a Dar Fisherman Buster for two. Butch catches Dar coming off the top with a triangle. Time expires as Dar is sort of like about to fade in mm -hmm. this triangle choke. So round five, strike exchange to start. Another amazing back elbow by Dar for a near fall here. Butch catches Dar up top, hits a superplex. Brain Buster on the apron by Dar for a near fall. That was pretty cool. Uh, Butch gets a hold of Dar's fingers again, but time runs out in this round. But then round... He, didn't he stomp it after? Like he did like the cheap shot. Like Dar oh, did does. he? Yeah. I didn't make note of uh, it. He did it on one of the rounds. I well, think that would have one. to be it. We only go six, right? Yeah. So we go to the sixth round, and if we end without another fall, then Dar retains, right, is how it works. So scenario this is what I like because it starts to get, like, frantic. The challenger has to, has to get a pinfall here or right. um, lose or draw. Basically does no good for him. So another strike exchange as Butch is getting desperate. More Dar back elbows. Mensa hits Adamagiri, and the ref doesn't see it. We get a Dar punch and a Nova roller for two. Bait then takes out Mensa finally. Kind of like, what were you waiting? What have you been waiting for, right? Waiting for physical contact. Butch hits a Tyler driver for two. A better end countered into a knee bar, countered into the finger snapping. A bitter end, but Dar kicks out of that. Butch gets Which an arm surprising. bar. And then, I don't know how I felt about this. Gallus attack Bait on the floor. Butch dives onto them. The ref is distracted. Joe Gallus. Uh, Joe Gallus. Nope. What, jo uh, okay. Joe Gallus. Joe Coffey hits the best of the bells, apparently, is I what it is. understand that. To Butch, and Dar makes the cover for the win. Really enjoyed the match. Didn't love the finish. Like, I guess Dallas attacked because Butch beat Coffey. Is that? And their issues with bait and everything. I guess sure. That's what that is. Um, and Dar getting a dirty win is always fine, right? That's kind of how he rolls. It, it's, it makes sense. And I, But I just think metaphor interfere enough with another faction coming down, right? Like, I... Although the, at least it keeps Butch strong because like does. Vic Joseph pointed out like seven people. Right, that's true. Basically, I enjoyed the action in this. As um, some rounds were really fun, and I continue to like the structure of these Heritage Cup. I don't know how, like, average fans are feeling about Heritage Cup. I quite like. Them. I really like them when they're on like PLEs or NXT UK where there's no commercial breaks. Yes. I think commercial breaks really yeah, hurt them. Commercial breaks, you're right, kill like two rounds. Right. So I think they're really good when they can just go. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they're on TV, it doesn't matter. Because NXT UK never had that problem, obviously, because they were on the network. And I think if this was NXT still on the network, I would be totally fine yeah. with them. But, like, when they're on a PLE like this, they can just exist per perfectly fine. Yeah. And then I think they're really great. Because I really enjoy this. I think I always love Pete Dunne, even if he's still kind of mm -hmm. a little too Butch-esque for my liking. Yep. And uh, Noam Dar is always fantastic. I'm really glad he survived the NXT UK purge because that too. was surprising to me and i, I have like... a note his back elbows are the stuff of legends mm -hmm. and the, the mat work encountering here was mm -hmm. cool right so yeah everything was great here um thought finish was solid uh it works perfectly fine for dar um and yeah this was this was great i gave it three and three quarter stars my because... favorite match to this point not a blow away match but really no, good three and three quarters it's just shy of being like really really good i agree because four to me is like that's, that's you should watch it yeah it's starting to get to must see right yep 
Uh, Cora Jade Package, she's the resident mean girl. It's her time. She's selfish. I don't even know why we need to talk about this. Like... Generation of Jade and my note, under only thing I put underneath. I saw Dana Brooke. Remember in one of the yep, Dana Brooke's little, little clips there. they showed her. They're teasing her comeback. Then we get, and this is where my notes pretty much stop because I just wanted to watch these matches, and it'll be the same for Wrestle Dream. I got nothing because I just wanted to watch it, basically. Um, NXT Championship match. Carmelo Hayes versus Ilya yeah, Dragunov. Yeah, that's the only thing I really cared about on the show, I think. And man, did it deliver. Yeah. Anti-air clothesline, top rope forearm to the face. Dragunov wins after 21 minutes. Uh, I thought this was fantastic. This was awesome. Yeah. It immediately it, went it, it on It built on the last match, I think. It yeah. might be the best NXT match of this year, quite possibly. Uh, I'd have to reconsider. I like, don't know. I really like the last one they had. Yes. I... I don't know. And I'm I'll also... Put, I actually might put it on my show. Like, I, th- I put it on the list already. I'll put it Dragunov, I think, my for me right now... is getting not so short. Dragunov... Oh, it's already there. Dragunov's in a nominee for Wrestler of the Year to me at this point. Like, he is just killing everything. I love his promos. I love his selling. I love his I think work. at least for WWE, he could... You could... Like, on the list. I'm not saying a front runner to yeah. win, but, like, in, included. I just... This match, mostly because of Dragunov, not that Melo's not amazing too, but this the intensity picks up. It's really easy to suspend your disbelief in a Melo match, a sorry, a Dragunov match, and just I felt like I was watching a real fight, and that's what I want out of my wrestling. I know I'm not, but it's easy to believe I am. So just believable near falls, a nice clean win for Dragunov. Like you go out of your way to watch this match. I think mm-hmm. I've absolutely loved this match. That was great. Um, I was just disappointed that Melo lost. I feel like he should keep going with this run but i run, think but they're kind of dabbling in like a hangman-esque I'm kind okay of with complexity that. i so would like then I'm my okay. hope is that you give dragon off his flowers with a little title run oh, i'm okay with that. yeah i'm okay with him getting a little run and then you have mellow build himself back up to get that title back and then you have mellow go on another run because i think mellow's totally deserving of a big run with the belt especially because I, fe- I fear for him on the main roster still like i'm always going to until they prove me otherwise right. I feel like Dragunov is like Walter, um, where I think like his style is like Walter, so I feel like they will like him. And he's a can't miss. I if think. Walter survived, I think Dragunov survived. So I think you give him this top run to really prove that he can handle that. Yes. And then you have him lose the belt back to Mello, and Dragunov can go up and take Gunther's title. Because I think I don't know who else can be Gunther than Dragunov. And that would be an amazing story in match. Um, Yeah, and I'm totally good with that. And then Dragunov can prove himself with an Intercontinental run. And And even if they want to act like people don't know NXT and they're not going to tap into it, just Just like like references Dragunov has followed him from Europe to like settle there, whatever. So I think um, I'm a little disappointed with the result here, but I think... um, Melo can come back around yeah. to it if they really want. Um, I just and I'm okay with Dragunov getting a bit of a run. I just think it, you have to give Dragunov the title here. You can't keep having him get close and try and convince yeah, him that's what I'm he's saying. Like, the man. You know? Melo can win a rubber match yeah. down the line, and if he gets the belt back, great. The, uh, this is one you go out of your way to watch. I gave it four and three quarters. I liked it that much. Mm-hmm. Like if Omega Osprey's five, this isn't touching Omega that, Osprey's six. But this is amazing match, I thought. Mm, yeah. Um, then we get the main event, which they gave to the women, which is cool. Um, which I thought was a weird choice. I mean, sure, it's Becky Lynch. It's because but it's, it's Becky Lynch. That's yeah, but it's answer. not touching no. Mellow Dragunov. So it's a bit of a questionable choice, I think, even with Becky Lynch. So it's Extreme Rules, Becky Lynch, Tiffany Stratton for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, you had Stratton slam Lynch on the t- on a bunch of chairs, went up top for the prettiest moonsault ever. Lynch moves out of the way. Stratton lands on the pile of chairs. Manhandle slam on the I chairs. I think pile of chairs is like their go-to, quote-unquote, extreme spot, even yeah. though it's kind of lame because, like, 
the real way to do it is you seat the chairs and you put them in a row or something yeah. like do you chair tower just pile them it's been a long time since i've seen a chair tower yes that's that's good stuff or when cool gets slammed on the backs of the chairs that's, when they're together horrible. um so 20 minute match i thought this was an excellent match and i think stratton passes another test right she can work an extreme rules match on a pay-per-view yep. for 20 minutes um, i think this is pretty good it the, i really liked it it wasn't i didn't never got super into it i just didn't really care about it um some things like just wwe extreme matches i think are just kind of tainted for me forever it's now hard. just you have to try and not like you turn off the aew party but your yeah brain. aew has poisoned my brain a little in that aspect yeah. um but things like the hard hat were kind of lame Yes, that was uh, one spot that didn't work well. Yeah, she got like a trash, not trash, a shopping cart full of stuff, but like it wasn't, there Remember, wasn't there was much a, of a variety. There was like a chair and like a few things. Someone handed a chain in this, the brawling in the crowd. There was blood. Stratton was ble bleeding, mm -hmm. which was surprising. Yeah, so I thought this was like good, not great. I gave it four and a quarter. I, I think I liked it more than you. I feel like you're like at three and a half or three. three. and a half, yeah. probably. Uh, I thought it was really good. Again, it is a WWE Extreme Rules as far match, as Yeah, as far as that goes. But stellar but we got wrenches chairs uh remember there was a they did the whole like teasing tax but it was barbie parts which i don't think is the most painful like not compared to lego because no, if you're gonna Legos, go in the toy genre if you're gonna go toy you gotta go lego yeah. lego is the way to go like i get it because stratton's the buff barbie and whatever. yeah i i don't mind the reference there garbage cans chairs sent on through the table lots of stuff these women worked really hard beat the hell out of each other i preferred mellow dragonov like Obviously, I gave it another half star, but mm -hmm. I thought this was a really good main event nonetheless. Mm -hmm. Overall, I gave the show, I went really close to B+. I went a B based on the strength of the last two matches, really pulling up the average of the rest. Um, I thought, like, I, it was a good show. I, I was glad I watched it, and for two matches, I thought, actually, Heritage Cup, I'm going to give it a B+, because the Heritage Cup was really good, too. I think the Heritage Cup and the NXT title match are my two favorites. Yep. I really like three matches on the show out of, what, five or six, so that's a B+, yeah. I think. I think they had, like, half pretty good matches and then a few, like, that were solid, so I think it's, like, in the realm of NXT, modern-day NXT shows, I think it's a B+. I think in the realm of grand scheme NXT yeah. with takeovers, it is not a B+, but we're comparing apples to apples here not yeah. apples to oranges so True. comparing it to the recent like the modern day nxt peelies i think b plus is fair yeah yep all right switching quickly to aew wrestle dream um looking at zero hour a Which couple watch. couple notes i did watch remember i told you jr clearly does not watch ring of honor he did not seem to know athena was champion he's saying things like what was it he said like uh she has all the tools i really hope that she puts it together at some point or something to which they're like, by the way, she's the champion and like is dominant, right? ROH champ. Clearly yeah. doesn't know what's going on. Um, Luchasaurus killed Nick Wayne in front of his mom. There's like a nasty apron choke slam. He swung him into the barricade. Like it was a fun, Athena beat fun her beating. Belt? I don't even remember. She didn't beat Martinez, did she? Did she? Probably. I don't even know. I forget. Uh, Claudio Barnett was a slugfest. I didn't really mind it. Mox was on commentary really trying to get Barnett over mm -hmm. as a dangerous guy. And Mox guy. was on commentary later, too, so I'm glad he was. he's he was back funny. and, like... Swearing a lot and stuff, yeah. yeah. I'm glad he's back, like, okay, though. Like, obviously, it's just a yes. concussion, but still just good And there were some parts his commentary normal. bugged me, but overall, he's a pretty entertaining guy. I like Mox, yeah. And he just loves wrestling. You can just kind of tell, right? He's not that's having that, to pretend. Blackpool. He just that's likes to watch mm -hmm. wrestling. Uh, the acclaimed retain in a pretty good match. Mike dropped to TMDK. bad guy Tito. Um, bad dude. Bad dude Tito. Tito. Sorry, I forgot. I like him. I've seen him a lot, and I kind of like 
TMDK, to be honest. I thought they're cool. I especially like Tito and Shane Haste. Um, and Billy Gunn is very over with the crowd for whatever yeah. reason. Nostalgia. <laughs> so Wrestle Dream kicks off with MJF defending the Tag Team Championships in a handicap match, I guess, against the Righteous. Um, yep, basically we have the kangaroo kick, which Dutch had to sit there forever with his head in Vincent's butt for yeah. quite a long time, looking silly. It, that kangaroo kick sends the Righteous outside, and a heat seeker finishes Dutch. MJF gets his feet on the ropes at 9.35. Uh, I was not a fan of this match. Yeah, I didn't love it. I think the only thing that saves is just how over MJF is right now. If, I think that's the only excuse here. It felt like an 80s TV match or like a house show match. It like, felt like a house show, yeah. I'm not a huge Righteous fan, but I don't like... First of all, it was looking like two single stars are a dominant tag team, which I already don't like. Um, let alone now one of those people beats yeah. a tag team. That's not like. great because I think it really sucks for the righteous, but um, I guess MJF's over or whatever. Uh, this is probably like the lowest match for me, but even then it's not like... I agree. Inherently, it's not horrible. It's just like... Just it started the, the show like this. I didn't like that. Yeah. But I guess they're like, let's get it as far out of the, out of the way really I would early. I so, yeah. Um, I just thought too many times the righteous had to look stupid to let MJF gain or keep control. The kangaroo spot was really annoying. Um, and I won't use the word buried the righteous, but it obviously does absolutely nothing to help them, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing. Although it's not like they're prominent anyways. Um, two and a half stars. I didn't really like it. Obviously below average for me, especially on an AEW pay-per-view. Mm -hmm. Kind of unheard of. Um, then we get Eddie Kingston taken on Katsuyori Shibata. The wrestler. We get a strike exchange until Kingston's spinning back fist gets a one count. Northern Lights bomb for another one. Another back fist power bomb. And he retains the titles at 10.58, basically 11 minutes. Um, I thought this was a good match. Lots of strikes and submissions. Very like Japanese style. Mm -hmm. Another. I kind of expected that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's right? what you thought it would be. Eddie was probably thrilled to have this match. I'm sure he's just having a great time wrestling any Japanese, prominent Japanese style wrestler, mm -hmm. I think. Um, some cool submissions, some cool fire by kicking out of Eddie's back fist. I thought this was like, and I don't mean this insultingly, a good pay-per-view filler match. You know what I mean? Yeah, like Sounds filler like, that was entertaining enough. Like yeah. not filler that's just boring just to fill the time, but like filler that's like... It was good. it was good, yeah, yeah. I, I think was like, it was good, not great. I was like uh, three three and a quarter stars. Three and a quarter, yeah. Rating. That is like, I enjoyed I it. That was Didn't solid, overstay yeah. its welcome, you know. Good yeah, length, yeah. good action, uh, and a good quality win for Eddie Kingston. Then we get the TBS Championship. It's Chris Statlander defending against Julia Hart. And my first note is they certainly did not front load this pay per view. It seems like they're getting some things out of no, the way. No, it seems like they're building up. Right. <laughs> like just in terms of the card. We get a botched senton by Julia Hart. I noted. Statlander Tombstone followed by Sunday Night Fever. Statlander retains in just... I thought it was Wednesday Night Fever. They just changed the name for the day of the week. Just she's on. She did. They did, sorry. Just under nine minutes. I thought it was pretty ordinary for the most part. The final couple minutes after the attempt at the... She, uh, Julia Hart attempted missed at one point. I thought the action after that got a little bit better. I thought it was solid, yeah. Um, I just don't think she's quite ready for this exposure. No, this kind of felt like, to me, when they stick OTM on a PLE, like, just like, they're not quite ready yet, but yeah. she didn't do horrible. No, she comes across as exp inexperienced still. Um, she did get a believable near fall, I thought, with her moonsault, and the crowd definitely is behind her, right? Which is so, weird. Which is odd that her timing that she's going to be gone because... 
they they might want to strike while the iron's hot with her. I'm okay if they don't. <laughs> so I think Statlander's good. She looked dominant in the finishing sequence. I gave it three stars. I thought it was average, like fine. I go three. As far as AEW wins matches go, perfectly average, yeah. Yep. Uh, then we get Orange Cassidy and Hook taking on the Young Bucks, taking on the Lucha Brothers, taking on the Guns. Ass boys. And this is for... The Guns entrance is awesome, by Number the way. one contender, yeah. right? Guns entrance is just... They've mastered that, I think. First note, Jack's so excited for the Guns entrance, question mark. It's so good, though. Just, like, I think they finally perfected their look. I just think, like, it took them a while to get here, but it's just, like, they've. I think they've found their thing. And one thing I noted that I really enjoyed, remember they tried to pin themselves? Yeah, I like that reference. That was really like, good. Like, why not try? Like, the worst thing that can happen is it's not successful and you're no worse exactly, off. Exactly, yeah. Their entrance, they do, like, the spotlight and then they do, like, the spit water thing that Triple H does, but they do, like, finger guns, so it's like they're shooting. It's it's a cool thing that they do. It's like, uh, their entrance is really nice and Juice makes it funny, too, but he wasn't here. I think you pointed it out. It was odd to see Hook in peril for quite a while. Yeah, that was weird, yeah. Because he took, he did take a lot of offense mm-hmm. here. Um penta got an awesome hot tag and just absolutely killed the guns i don't have details but i was enough that i, I made a note forgot. in a time where i'm not making a ton of notes there was a really rare nick jackson botch remember uh, towards the end yeah he tried to do like his, his rope flip thing and he just and yeah i felt i can't blame him though that's uh i'm not trying that so that was like i think right at the finish they did right like at close the finish. and then they hit the bt trigger Correct. and the bucks got the win so i'm surprised they i picked penta this here after 13 um, minutes hold on so for the I forgot we did the uh, NXT one, but uh, we both okay. picked Davenport. I got that. Um, you didn't pick the tag match because you picked the Creeds, uh, so did I picked you? Family. Okay. Uh, and we both picked Dom, which was surprisingly not it. Both picked Breaker, no. Uh, both picked Dar, yes. Both picked Becky, yes. You picked Dragunov, so I feel like that makes Tied. it a tie. Yep. Okay, that makes it a wash. And so far, we both picked Luchasaurus, which is yes. Right. Yep. Yes. Uh, we both picked the claimed, which is yes, and then Claudio matched in Nobel, so that doesn't count. So we're at two two right now. Okay. Uh, we both picked them. Jeff says so three three. Sandlander four four, and I'm up one with this one because you picked the guns. I thought this was a really fun match. Uh, I really like this. Best yes. match to this point. Final few minutes were really crazy. Guilty of kind of people taking turns and hitting flurries of moves, but a little I, bit. That, but it was super entertaining, entertaining though. Yeah. If you're good at it, that's entertaining. It. I think the action just kept a good pace here, though. Yeah. I I really enjoyed it. Um, it like the stakes didn't feel crazy high here, but it just felt like they just kept good action going, and I I enjoyed it. Uh, and the result makes sense. Um, with FTR having retained, I'm not overly thrilled with ftr bucks again but hopefully they do the match different. will be awesome they as just... long as they do something different i think they need to yeah. like give it two or three falls or iron man or something like just to give us something different because if they give us something different and epic i am totally okay with that but if we just get another base match with them yeah i can't say i'm super excited but it that's won't so they... feel super special no be they good, just they but... just need to feel special yeah right like so, so I think that this is good. As yeah. you said, I think the guns have grown as heels. I like this. I gave it three and a half stars. Three and a half is uh, perfectly adequate, yes. Then we get um, another match with a really weird dynamic. So this is Swerve Strickland taking on Hangman this Adam Page. This one was weird. It, honestly, um, to be completely honest, this one, the it was so weird that it honestly threw me off a little. Like, I really like this match. But I, I think that the crowd actually hurt my viewing of this match a little, a little bit, bit. I, it's in my to notes a, too like not but like to a noticeable degree not like hugely where i didn't like this because i love both of these guys Same. but it definitely like affected me mentally so it swerves hometown and he's embracing that and page is almost for the night working heel because he relentlessly is attacking the hand that he stabbed 
with a pen, right? Which remember at first we're like, oh, it sort of got a hand injury. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it didn't even register with me for a um, while. So you've got kind of for the night, right, a switch in their heel face dynamic. Which I think, like, it's such a throw off because that kind of ruins the whole thing the feud's been going for. And, well, and because Swerve's a supervillain. And, and that's what I'm saying. I think it's, I was about to say, it's compounded by the fact that Swerve is a supervillain and Paige is like a very, very strong baby face. So a that's what throws me flip off for about the it, night right? is like weird. It was really weird. So yeah, that definitely hurt the match a little for me, but I was still not to the point where I couldn't enjoy it. So all kinds of stuff happens, obviously. We get back to back house calls set up the JML driver for the pin on Hangman Page. So Swerve gets a huge win, 20 minutes on a pay-per-view. I thought this match was excellent, but I, and like you, my note says, I can't help but wonder how much more I would have liked if this if the dynamic was in line with the story told right. ahead of this. Oh, if You the told dyna- a different story yeah. than what you we did here, right? right. So exactly. I thought the action was actually awesome, but Swerve is like the evilest of villains, and for the crowd to be completely behind him just makes things a bit disconnected right mm-hmm. um so i i agree with what you're saying but i thought this match just kept building and building and by the end i thought it was awesome yeah um, hangman targeting steve uh, swerve's hand and then swerve going after page's arm to take away the buckshot including like hitting a 450 to the arm right i thought it was awesome which um, he thought he missed which i thought was kind of funny lots of punishment dished out and taken i enjoyed this I could have loved it if the setting was a bit different. I still gave it four and a quarter stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, I, I don't think you could not like a match between these two guys. I thought Hangman starting the hand was really good, and Swerve going after the arm made sense cause to block the buckshot. So yep. I thought it built really nicely. It did. I really liked it. I just think I would have loved it if the crowd was different because I think Swerve just being the supervillain he's supposed to be and Hangman being... Yep. The baby that face moves peril, it to four and three quarters. That would know? move it up for me. Yeah. So I think this is like four and a quarter, four and a half. Um, but I think this could have been so much better in, with a better crowd dynamic. So I, ho- I hope we revisit this in a not Washington mm-hmm. crowd. So that, or not Washington, I'm um, sorry. Or like, yeah. No, it's West Washington, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, awesome I, match. Yeah. It was great. I just hope we can revisit it where it the dynamic's more in line with the storyline because then it'll, it'll be even better. Yep. We then get um, another one that felt like kind of a filler match, not trying to be insulting because it's not like it was bad, but that's uh, Ricky Starks taking on Wheeler Yuta. Um, we get a spear, Rochambeau, Starks wins in 10 minutes. Nice match. Both guys are good. Not sure it was something that needed to be on this card necessarily. I think the show was big enough mm-hmm. without this being on there. And this is the match I didn't love Mox on commentary. I don't know... He seemed to affect the flow a little bit. I think things picked up later because it was a weird commentary. They kept switching people, right? We would had, I think Excalibur and Nigel were there, and then they had a bit of Jr. and a bit of Moxley. And well, a was bit it of... the one match they swapped two people on? Or uh, I can't remember. I don't remember. But they um, definitely did do switches. But these guys were evenly matched. They had the match that you would expect them to have here. Starks is the obvious winner since he's gathered momentum in his feud with Danielson, and he needs to get because he lost both of those but like everyone's like damn they were awesome and he's right, good but he's gotta get a win so back kind of getting some traction i gave it three and a quarter stars i thought it was a good match mm-hmm. yeah i thought this was solid filler as well kind of like shibata and kingston like yep. it, it was good it's just this lacked some heat to me i think yep. but i thought the action was perfectly solid i'd probably go like three and a half yep maybe. good match uh then we get my most anticipated match on this show i was worried that i'd maybe look forward so forward to it that it would never live up and that's Zack Sabre Jr. taken on um 
Daniel Bryan. Bryan Danielson. So, again, no notes. Second Bicycle Knee earns Danielson the win after 23 brilliant minutes. This was insane. Yeah, uh, the technical wrestling these guys can do is absolutely... It's just... It's crazy. Crazy. I don't even know how to re like sum this up because it's just... Fantastic. One of my it's favorite great. matches of the year. Like, uh, like two of the absolute best doing what is quite possibly no other two people can do this style this well. This right? style. Yeah, and keep it interesting, too. It's like the technical catches catch whatever you want to call it style. It's it's pretty crazy, yeah. And um, these guys do it better than anybody, I think. And just to put them against each other is something amazing. The, like, the sheer number of holds and counters they know is incredible enough but all then, the different like, submissions and the limb targeting the and speed the, and precision that mm -hmm. they each apply all that of one them, dragon right? screw it's crazy um like some of the things they they have are crazy and there's no like major spots in here like there maybe like a couple but like no nothing you know super major there's going to be nothing like this match in terms of style so it's just captivating while it's on mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. i and again, I was afraid there was no way I was going to like this as much as I was hoping I did, but it delivered for me. No, it, like, it was great. Incredible. It's Huge win for Danielson. One of AEW's best of the year, although it's not eclipsing a few. I agree. I don't think a match will be better than this on this night. I gave it a four and three quarters. Again, four and three quarters if Omega good. and Osprey is my five plus, this is not quite there, but my God, no. this match was it was. Amazing. It was Exactly I would watch you'd this want again. It, to be. it was exactly what you would want it yep. to be. It didn't disappoint. People uh, should see it if you didn't see it. If mm -hmm. you, unless, I mean, even if you hate technical style or aren't the, I think you, because like, I get annoyed with it sometimes I if they're not good at it. I think you should give it a chance if, if you don't like it. Because I, I believe think me, I was that. a Saber kind of skeptic and he is. In the CWC, yeah. Amazing. Um, then we keep things rolling here. We get Takeshita, Sammy Guevara, Will Ospreay, taking on Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, and Kota Ibushi. And I thought this one took a while to get going. I ended up really liking this one. Oh, I didn't even put down the finish. Oh. Um, I didn't make a note of the finish. It was, what was it? Callus hit uh, Jericho with the bat. Oh, yes, bat shot. And Guevara got the pin. Right. Um, so I was a little disappointed in the first third or so. And then it seemed like they were building to, like, Abushi tagging in. And then he tagged in and hit kicks and tagged out. And yeah, I was like, and he what's going on? Abushi did a few cool things. But, again, we're just kind of waiting for that, you know. But once this match got going and, again, the left the ref kind of lost control, I thought it was pretty awesome. Some flurries exchanges looked incredible. Sammy did a couple of ridiculous high-flying things. Some of Takeshita's elbow and knee strikes are just crazy. Um, Ibushi's Oh, my God. Kicks he hit stiff. that power drive knee on Omega. Oh and he awesome. just... He must just hate Kenny Omega's face legitimately because between this and the match at all, he just drills Kenny in the face repeatedly, and yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. There's also the one point where they he, look crazy. he did a German to Kenny, and again, Kenny just takes it like a madman because yeah. why? And then he did a chaos theory, and Kota Ibushi also took that high. It's uh, It was crazy. There's a lot of like the Osprey hit super kicks. Like, there's the one stretch where just people were connecting with yes. strikes left and right. And that's what I really loved about this match. I loved like the Chris strikes and just Takeshi, especially. He just drills him. Like, and that's what I like. My I last note was this match was chaotic action-packed for the second half especially with jack and i reacting a lot yeah that's to, what gets me it's like, like I, oh yeah just i love or like strikes i'm hitting that back react. 15 second button so we can see whatever we yeah just oh saw okay so i rewatched this uh when i had free time in like third period or i was doing photoshop so i rewatched this i rewound the takeshton hitting omega with the knee like five yeah. times because he, he just, just crushes him. smashes him in the face, and I don't understand. I think just for that, I need to rewatch Omega Takeshita at yeah. all out, just because that, that match he drilled him like three times at yeah. least. Like, it's a good he match. Just, 
honestly, and Omega hit a good V trigger too, but I honestly think Takeshi does need something different. Like, I think at first I was kind of questioning um, Takeshi using that as a finisher, but now it's just it like he devastating. just oh, smashes him in the face. I gave it four and a quarter stars. Uh, four and a quarter. Really great, good. great multi-man tag. I thought um, it lived up to it. I think I had a really good set of people as well. Mm -hmm. It was nice to see Osprey again too. I'm always happy for them to bring him in. Yep. Uh, then we get FTR Aussie Open for the... AEW Tag Team Championships, and it took a super shatter machine that looked pretty that good. That looked pretty good. But FTR end up retaining. I feel like now on time, I knowing that Davis got injured, that might explain. Because I feel like this was really good, but it fell a little short of the hype. I gave it three and three quarter stars, three which I feel like is, is in that Yeah, because I was zone. expecting a lot more from this. I was really hoping for this. And this is, I hedged my bets on Aussie Open here, and There's another that did not pay here. off. There's yeah. another level. I feel like guys. they could go back to this thing, because I really do think Aussie Open deserves the belt at some point. Yep. And I was kind of hoping they would pull it here, but maybe not. Maybe once Osprey comes, they could do it. I don't know. Um, I'm okay with FTR retaining here. I was just hoping for Aussie Open to do it and get some fresh blood in here, you know? And I thought it was good, because I think much, I thought it was like, really good, yeah. much like Danielson and Sabre, these are two, I think, the best tag teams in the world, but there's definitely... Maybe with the stronger build and a whatever, there's a there's a better match. There's You're another. Not, there's a better match in but there. But this right? is really good. Yeah. Once yep. Davis comes back, I think you could run this back yep. if FTR keep the belts. I liked it. Mm -hmm. um, then we get, I guess, the main event, right? Which um, is the TNT championship. Which the main event, the the placing of this match fully telegraphed what was going to happen. It did. Once like, we once it dawned yeah, on. Yeah, I think it was what I texted you and I, I because I kept seeing things and I was like, because so, went from not thinking about it to that's a hundred percent right because. The on a weird, dime. I thought it was weird at first that the TNT title match was main eventing. And then the, I just, I think I was at work and I was seeing something, and it just dawned on me. I was like, "Oh, that's why it's main yeah. eventing, right?" Because yeah. like, and and then I texted you, and it's just like, it's just like, hundred percent, an epiphany. Yep, exactly what it was. Yeah. So, this was madness. <laughs> uh, um, um, Darby, man. This, ah, oh. this was uh, so. Allen oh went for a God. coffin splash off the ropes. Chris, Christian avoids that. Allen pulls Christian's shirt over his eyes, and Darby that was that was cool. I thought does a jackknife pinfall. The turtleneck was his downfall. So Darby's up one nothing. Yeah. Then all I summarize it as you can you can elaborate if you like. Steel steps assault, and Allen is counted out to even it out. Like yeah, one, two this times was, Darby got so the stairs are like placed at ringside with the steps themselves facing the ring. Right. So twice. I think one time Christian slams him on the stairs, just slams him. And then the one time Christian just from the apron drops Darby back first on the steps, like the actual steps. And I don't understand how he can't keep can... doing stuff like that. Just, he just can't. It like, makes me. It, I love him for doing it because it's entertaining as hell, but the man can't keep doing it. It personally that. hurts me. Like every time I watch it, I've, it hurts me. The a one they replayed a like... thousand times where like his shoulder hits the bottom step and his head is bouncing off like the vertical part. Well, yeah, because Christian's step. dropping him from the apron on the actual steps. Like, it just looks so bad. Like, I don't Crazy. understand, but it's just, it's something you have to watch. Like, you just have to keep watching, but it's just, it's one, so painful. Without, like, going back through my 40 years of watching wrestling, one of the most believable countouts you'll ever see. Oh, that's, yeah, that's by far. <laughs> like, if they could have counted him out for two falls, and I would have been like, and back yep, to back. That makes, they and actually, have. that's kind of a cool idea. They, they should have tried that at least. Because like, I would have been like, yep. That oh yeah, sense. that's one of the most believable countouts of all time. Cause yep. like he just got like not because I going in I knew he was getting slammed on the stairs, but I didn't know he got slammed on the stairs like that twice. Yes. So he's just like I wouldn't be surprised if he's just dead. It was that wild. was, oh my god, I could go on that, I could go on about that forever because it's just painful. So it's one one. Christian hits a low blow. 
uh, brings the TNT title into the ring and sort of taunts Nick Wayne's mom with it. She's at ringside right at the barricade there. Mm. Um, Let's not forget Christian taking apart the ring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He rips, like, takes, just spends a lot of time during the count out, right? Just ripping everything apart. Half the ring is basically wooden boards now. So Nick Wayne grabs the title from Christian's hands, and then surprise, surprise, he turns, hits Darby in the head with it, and um, that's the difference, and Christian retains, right? And he tells Nick he did a good job. He pulls the ref covers him for the pinfall and then that's it after 25 minutes um i thought this was an absolute spectacle and i just also like, at the end it's I not forgot. a wrestling clinic but it's no. captivating and you're actually worried for like the safety of this <laughs> i kid. forgot that this wasn't like a no holds barred match or yeah. something no it was like oh yeah the story of just like christian was killing darby like just the stair spots and then just wrecking him with the ring and exposed. i think christian is like so believable as just this remorseless despicable prick oh, right like so just good. his face is so if we can't have mjf as a prick we have christian at least uh so i he i clearly christian. looked like he does not care if he ends darby's career in fact that is totally fine right mm-hmm. um that, he honestly could have too and again what i liked about this show is this felt different right we had a technical masterpiece we had a tag team match we had a multi-team match and yeah we had like an attempted murder basically in this <laughs> one right yeah uh, this was uh, great on a for a different reason yeah. just i mean it pains me when I see it, but just with the sight of Darby just getting killed like that, it's just, it's something, it's a sight to behold. It's just, I don't, words can't describe that. I gave this four and a quarter. If you said four and a half, I wouldn't four hold it Four and a quarter, yeah. You. I thought this was really good. And um, to me, Christian is proving his worth still, I think. Like, yeah. I think when he came in, I think it was questionable, but I feel like with this career renaissance, this new character that he's been doing for the past year or so, um, I think he's proven his worth still because yep. he can still go enough in the ring, right? He to, can to where he can especially give if us you do good something like this, this, right? Yeah, he can still go in the ring, uh, good enough, especially given the part timers, some of the part timers that AEW has, like the Hardys and Jeff yep. Jarrett and Sting, and his character think, work is world right. ahead of them. So like his, he can go enough in the ring still, but then his his character his, work like, elevates level. him to another level, right? Yep. To the point where like he could do at least a main event feud, and I wouldn't be angry about and it, then right? what happens after the match because i didn't even make any notes edge edge shows up edge. and says he's things. got his theme at least so yeah. that's probably the positive for me so the worst kept secret in wrestling yeah. edge shows again, up again as soon as they put this as the main event yeah nothing else is going to happen yeah this like nick wayne turned heel him and luchasaurus got speared that that was it so edge is here that's fine again like i said i'm not as mad about this as i feel like i would be with other part-timers he's 50 this year i just looked it yeah up. so that's not great but i feel like again he can go decently it's never my favorite so, that they're bringing no but but um, whatever i feel like fine. Him, if he wants trading to, edge for punk is what we're saying trading edge for punk is a good trade yep. and also again if he wants to finish his career with christian uh on some level i respect that and um as far as part-timers go i feel like he can go decently mm-hmm. like i mean again it's that he's do- he's done the wwe style forever so we'll see how he fares mm-hmm. in a- in aw but at least from what we've seen recently he can go decently um he seems to fare better than jared does yeah so we'll see so. how that goes i guess yep uh overall on this show it took a while to get going right um, once it got going though i feel like it, oh, went it was st- fun it went from strength to strength i honestly think that I pretty much love three matches, right? Hangman, Swerve, Danielson, Sabre, main event. Loved all three of those. Other matches were very good. Nothing was bad. I gave it an A. I think it's in the running for one of the shows of the year. Yeah, it's definitely one of the it's better shows It's a hot opener years. away from an A+. Plus, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think, they, this, I think it's neck and neck with a little selfishly Forbidden, Forbidden Door. Door. I thought the yes. same thing. 
But um, I thought this was great. Yeah, I I think I love the same three matches as you. I think underrated. I really enjoyed the trios match. Yep. I think so. I love those three singles matches. I think the two multi man matches mm -hmm. really delivered for and me a really as well. good tag championship. So match. yeah, and, and the tag title match too. So that's like six at least really good matches. And then like yes, it took a bit to get going, but I don't think any match was bad. Mm -hmm. I think even the handicap match was just kind of questionable. And one absolute freaking masterpiece, and that mm -hmm. bumps things up exactly. to me like a and, match of the year. You have to see it. Kind and of and a notable I mean. debut. I mean. Yep. Right, and, and not my least favorite debut. But still, on so like it's still something really notable. So, yep. um, awesome show. I think this is really good. Yeah, and I think an A show is apropos. Yep. All right. Wow, we're already an hour deep in this. Whoops. We got to get on the road for Thanksgiving. We might might end up doing two parts. We could do part mm -hmm. tomorrow. Maybe. We'll see how far we get. But anyways, we'll keep um, pushing forward, and that will now we'll keep on a AEW, but take a look at their weekly offering from Wednesday, which is AEW Dynamite. All right, time to talk about the uh, episode of Dynamite that we just actually finished watching before we came down here. Yeah, just took a, us a while in lieu week. of Busy recent week. activities. Yeah, we had to finish it today, yeah. which um, it's fresh in got, my yeah. mind. It's good for podcast. Half of it is, yeah. yeah. Um, so we kick off with a brief interview with Omega and Jericho. Um, Jericho talks about them being on opposing sides in the first time at main event. Also, happier times, as I mentioned, with Proud and Powerful still being a team. Right. Missed those days. Uh, and now they are aligned to take out the Don Callis family. Edge appears, and I wrote Adam Copeland, but I'm gonna be defiant for a little. I said, "Why does Edge look like a giant? He looks like he's like eight inches it's, taller." That's than WWE. That's WWE. I guess so. It's like Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn didn't look tall in WWE, no. but Billy Gunn's a giant. Um, he, uh, Edge says it's good to see Renee. Makes a joke that it should be maple syrup or something because everyone here is Canadian. Ha ha ha! Chuckle. Good point. Everyone is Canadian. Chuckle, chuckle. Gotta love it. Um, only one of them is Ontario though. Is Renee Ontario? Actually, I don't know. I don't know. Don't know. I feel like she is, but I also feel like she's not. Canadians are overrepresented in pro wrestling, for yeah. sure. What do you mean? Like for Over? the like, oh, there's more Canadians in wrestling than really there. I feel like there should be. Mm. Like we got tons and no, tons. We're 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 good. Yeah, we we got we got a good amount. Um, he says it's good to see Chris and Omega says. Uh, he had him at the edge of his seat on <laughs> at Wrestle Dream, which that, that kind of made me chuckle. Yeah, uh, and to find him if he needs anything. I thought it was a fine little bit to kick us off, just kind of teasing Edge for later. Um, Edge still, like, not being in WWE is crazy because he's been there since 98. Edge and o Omega sharing a screen together it's, was super weird It's to me. so crazy, yeah. Just strange. Uh, being in the same room as Omega is crazy. The Edge joke uh, made me laugh. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with this. Yeah. I didn't, it was a just a, you know they have to start the show with Edge, so yep. that's the way you do it. It was and quick. It's better than when Punk book ended Collision, so. Correct. Um, we kick off with our opener, which is Ray Phoenix and Nicholas Jackson for the AW International Championship. And yep. Nick has his regular pants. Thank the Lord. Is I, my question? Why are we on pants? I put is Nick wearing velvet pants? It's definitely got like some like velvety texture on the velvety, back side, whereas like funny. the on the back side for sure at least, yeah. Um, which makes it sound like you're looking at his ass, but whatever. It is what it is. Um, Nick uh, came off the barricade with a hurricane run on the floor. And actually, one thing worth noting is uh, credit to TJR for match notes here because this is one of those matches where I just chose to oh, watch yeah. it. Oh, yeah. You're not um, taking notes on this Respect one. to Nick and Phoenix because it's just one of the ones where you have to watch. Mm -hmm. So um, thanks to TJR once again. And it was funny when I was looking through his review because I, I got some segments from him as well. Uh, he mentioned, because being Canadian, the sound issues of the one segment as well. Yeah, so. he caught the same thing we same did. Thing, and they yeah. actually take to the whole segment. Yeah. So I guess it, it was probably an American thing. Oh, no. Sorry. 
it wasn't that it was he mentioned that christian was blurped on tsn too oh yeah he that's would what be. it was yeah um phoenix kind of tripped in the corner remember but then nick kind of covered it he super kicked him in the knee and then hit a backstabber yeah just to kind of cover it up so nick kind of saved that there he did quick like quick improv yeah uh, Nick went for the PK on the apron, but missed and kicked the ring post. Pretty good, actually. It looked really good. Uh, Believable. Then Phoenix kicked his legs out, and Nick got spiked on the apron, which also looked good. Really good sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick with a super kick, then Phoenix kicked back up. Nick hit him a super kick again. Phoenix kicked back up again. Then Nick hit a roundhouse. Both of them are down. Nick hit a nice avalanche cutter for two. Poison run and destroyer from Nick for two. Awesome. A couple of basement running knees back to back, and then a solo BTE trigger from Nick for two. Uh, Phoenix came with the springboard heel kick in the corner. Later, a frog splash for a two count. And the finish came when Nick countered the Phoenix, Phoenix's driver that was the Blackfire driver. Uh, he countered it in a roll-up. Then Phoenix reverses it back and sat down on a roll-up himself to pick up the win. Um, and I thought this was awesome because it's just one of the ones where you have to pay attention. And I think it's not only a great opener, but a great match choice for the anniversary since this the only time we saw this exact match was in the early days of Dynamax. They mentioned it was on Diamond number 8. And which two was guys like, since day one that have been there. Right, exactly. Um, and I think that might have even been during the Lucha Bros heel days, which is so weird because yeah. that feels long ago. It is, long, it is long ago. It feels like I remember Penta having that brief solo heel run where he faced Cody and Cody no-sold Armbreaker, yeah. which I'll never forgive him for, by the way. Right. Um, but like Phoenix especially, it feels like ages since he's been healed, which is it's just weird. Um, but this was great through the action. Uh, sorry, so uh, the action was super entertaining as well. Worked, had a really fun pace to it. I uh, just kept going with a break here and there, I thought, just like when they did the kick spot, just only a bit of downtime. I thought the near falls, they did a really good job with because in reality, I don't think you really expected Nick to win here, but I thought they did a great job of making him look like he came this close. Like, I think he comes out of this yeah. looking really strong in defeat. Absolutely. Uh, I think Phoenix looks like a million bucks taking all that and still coming out with his belt. Um, just like in tag matches, these two have such great chemistry with one another, and I would love to see this again anytime. Awesome match. Got quite a bit of time, which I liked. Just yeah. one minor issue Didn't with Phoenix, rough. but Nick finally, or like, quickly fixed it. Yeah. Um, and they always say, right, like, styles make fights, and sometimes it's contrast to style, but in this case, it's, it's, like, like the match, super right? similar. Yeah. Like, the, there's no, these are two of the guys that do this style the best in the right. world, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, really hot opening match. Very yeah, fun. They work so well together, and something. this was... Nothing short of fantastic. Yep. Um, great TV match. I would recommend checking this out. I liked I think it a lot, too. I think it's really good, yeah. And this is what I like to see from a Dynamite opener, for sure. Exactly. Not Jeff Jarrett. Uh, next, we get Cole visiting Roddy, take one. Um, so, I'll talk about it, and then we'll mention the sound quality yeah. issues after. Um, Roddy got Cole, like one of those scooters you ride when you're... When you're in, like, Which I wish whatever. I had gotten yeah. with my ruptured Achilles. If I could go back, I'd get off the crutches and get on the scooter. I feel like it'd be good for some cases. Yeah. Yes. Um, so they're, then they're racing around the room, Roddy in his wheelchair and Cole in the scooter. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, Roddy asked Cole to move some furniture for him because they're best friends and the kingdom don't know anything about interior decorating. Yeah. Which was funny, not because the kingdom said it, but because Roddy said it. And just because interior decorating isn't, like, moving furniture no. around, right? But um, Montage of Cole lifting furniture in pain while Roddy and the kingdom sit around. Taven has a giraffe. Yeah. Um, looking stupid. Uh, Cole went to Lee saying he's got to go get surgery for his ankle. His first surgery, we know. Yeah, right. Uh, and Roddy said he still needs his help. Um, so, yeah, the sound was really weird. It sounded like... So, to me, it sounded like what it, you would hear in the arena. I couldn't understand. It sounded like, lines. if we're live, this is kind of what we're hearing. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, it was, uh, it was tough to hear. At this point, I didn't really have any clue what was going on. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so while the questionable sound quality made some of this hard to get, I still found this pretty amusing. Went back to watch on YouTube and it's perfectly fine. Um, rotting this manipula manipulative jealous friend role is gold. I thought he was super entertaining again. Uh, and the racing around the room and calling me the furniture. Uh, like the, the fact that Roddy is like annoyed or whatever that Cole is not staying to help him move furniture because he has surgery. Almost like Roddy's like, your priority should be him. helping me. Neck health, right? Neck health is important. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was like, seemed like a fun segment, but I'm not really sure. I thought a funny uh, shirt to be to get would be, I think, it, I don't know if it was the Kingdom one or not. It was like the neck strong. I think I'd send it to you or whatever. It's yeah. just like, or like, it was like hashtag neck health is important. So did I, I, I think I sent it to you because I want to find it again, but it was really funny because uh, like, I love the uh, out of context shirts. Yeah. Oh, this is weird. Uh, it's it's punch him in the wiener, hit him with a pile driver. Hashtag neck health awareness. Yeah, and that's the kingdom shirt. I, I don't love the kingdom, but I would get that shirt just because the you? out of context shirts make me chuckle. Um, next we get Griff Garrison is in the ring. Why is that? It's for a squash match. Who likes squash matches? Wardlow. Welcome back, Griff Garrison. <laughs> yeah, welcome back, Wardlow. I guess that too. Um, Wardlow charges Garrison in the corner, stomps a mud hole in him, power bombs Griff to death. Yeah, I didn't miss Wordlow standard squash. That's all. all. Key my rant. Uh, great. Oh. So now we're back to this. Can't say I miss this whatsoever. I groaned when I saw he was back. Also, the first thought that came to mind was who beat him for the TNT title last time? Because that's definitely his next feud. Because Joe beat him for the title. He left. He came back. Christian beat him for the title. He's probably coming back for him now. Uh, it was Luchasaurus, and now it's on Christian. Hopefully not, because Christian can do so many better things, and I don't care about Wardlow. I don't and either. Just seeing him back again, I think I've come to the conclusion I don't, I just straight up don't like him anymore. I think ever since his first TNT run, and you know how it slowly deteriorated after his MJF feud, yes, and we just kind of started to sour on him, um, where we thought like they could do better, and like just, I just don't think I like him anymore. I just think it's deteriorated to the point where I just I don't I don't like him anymore. I think I've been over him for a while, and I just I think I'm kind of conclusion he doesn't offer a lot. I think yep. his style is not particularly interesting to me. I think whenever uh, he comes back, I think of, oh, he's going to take up this by now. Like, to me, he's taking up space. Not he like is. he's going, like, in this field, I'm like, oh, yeah, he could go do that, and that'd be interesting. But, like, now I'm like, if he's going to go for the team team title, that's now, oh, now he's going to do that, and someone else can't do it. Or he's yeah. going to go for the world title, and now the world title is taken up by him. You know what I mean? Um, if WWE, that seems like they want to snap up AEW people, they can have I him. I was honestly. just gonna say they, they can take him. All you have to do is wait till his contract's yeah. up, and he'll they, be gone. They can take him because, like Cargo, he would fare well there, and I won't miss him. I didn't miss him before this. There's just no top spot I want to see him in. Um, I didn't miss Wardlow whatsoever, and um, yeah, I think it's to the point where I just don't really like him anymore. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Didn't miss him at all. No. Um, next we have a quick Kallus and Takesha interview. Um, Kallus says Ado has been shaken to its foundation by Guevara being Jericho. and says Guevara is medically unable to perform tonight, which is true. I think it's a concussion. Um, Kallus says there are no shortage of athletes who aspire to be a part of this, his family. And Kyle Fletcher will, will replace Guevara on the recommendation of Will Ospreay. Um, same here. Um, ever since that, uh, the Orange Cassidy match. Uh, Kallus tells Jericho and Omega to remember that many vows are won and lost. But people only remember who wins the war, and he'll win the war and do whatever it takes. So they might win the battle. They won. They might win this battle, but he will win the next battle. Right. Mm -hmm. So I like this because um, Fletcher's tied to Osprey, who's tied to Callus, so it makes sense, and yep. I get a really interesting tag team to watch. So mm -hmm. I'm for it. Yeah, I saw a promo from Callus as always. Can't say I'm complaining about Fletcher being thrust in the spotlight. I feel bad for Sam with the concussion, but Fletcher's awesome. Fletcher and Takesha is a fantastic one-off team, and it would prove to be fantastic in execution. Mm -hmm. uh, we get 
AEW do a replay of Cole and Roddy's segment acknowledging TBS sound issues. So that was a nice move by them just to replay it yep, they just in re- all of its glory. Replayed it as it was supposed to be the first yeah. time. So yeah. that was really cool. Yep. Uh, next we get another squash, which is the acclaimed versus Kip Sabian, Butcher and Blade for the trio's titles in an open challenge. Heels jump acclaimed at the end of their entrance. Um, Sabian hit like an Arabian press moonsault to the outside. Bowen's hot dog post-commercial break. Acclaimed beat Sabian with some like over-the-top slam move thing. Not yes. over-the-top, like, but literal over-the-top. Yeah. Um, it was fine. Cassie's rap was amusing. I liked it. Uh, but this was squash basically back to back with the squash, so that wasn't much interesting. Um, I'd love cheering as open challenges, but not when they're like this. More when it's like House of Black or Death Triangle or someone else, right? And I'm just gonna say it: Kip Sabian was better when he was super bad. I thought the only the highlight of this for me was um, Bowen's flurry. I thought his forearms Bowen's and has kicks some nice shots. Yeah, looked really good, and his discus forearms I thought looked awesome. This was an enhancement match. So I guess fine. Um, didn't feel like something we need on Dynamite. But um, yeah, I guess mm-hmm. that's where we're at. We're just getting a team that you know has no chance of winning in a really quick match. Yeah, Trio's division has fallen a yep. little. Has so much potential. And yeah. that's two divisions, I guess. Trio's and the women's division that they're sort of lacking. Yeah, I miss the Trio's. Because like at the beginning, the, the Trio's, the, best, so of excited seven, for those the best of seven series was fantastic. Amazing. I would love to revisit that whole thing, actually, if there's a... I think once AW gets on something and we have their back catalog, yeah. um, I think that there's some things on Dynamite I would love to revisit. Like yeah. um, Pac and Omega, they had, like in the early days of Dynamite, they had an Iron Man match, which feels like ages ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to revisit um, some Takeshita matches, like the early Takeshita matches that we yeah. really enjoyed. I'd love to rewatch the best of seven series. Like there's so many things on Dynamite that I feel like we really love that like are so hard to find now. Cause like I tried looking for Takeshita's match with Hangman and it's impossible to get the full match or like the original parking lot fight. Like yeah. I would love to rewatch that again. Right. Yep. Like, so I'm really hoping that they get on that. Cause I would love to rewatch. Sounds like they will be some good trios stuff. Right. Like just a bunch of stuff. So I hope that happens soon. Yeah. Uh, next, we get Tony Storm, Portrait of a Star, the final installment, despite me never having seen a single one. Right. Because they've all been on collision. And that's maybe partially my fault. But if it's like a main thing you want to focus on, then I don't know. Maybe like like mix it more at least. Like I'm not saying I feel like if it's all in collision, I haven't seen it, that's partially on me for not watching collision. But yeah. like I think it's also partially on them because if they want me to watch it, I think they should put at least one or two, uh, two other ones of these on dynamite depending on how many there are like because they put none of these on dynamite until this one mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure right so, I, I don't remember any exactly so i feel like they should have mixed it more if they wanted me to see it because then like if i want to see the next one then i maybe wa- i'd watch collision i won't and i don't but just <laughs> hypothetically um so storm's basically screaming at rj city how about how crazy life was something something just nonsensical her makeup smudged um then she re- realized she was timeless for some reason uh, and then she said, I'm timeless a few times. And now she's timeless. Ti- Tony Storm. I, I thought this was easily the best thing she's done outside of the ring in any company I've watched her. I think this is really interesting and that she's basically unhinged and she's just snapped. And she believes that she is this like, I don't know what era movie star, clearly like Hollywood starlet, sort of overly dramatic diva. I just like, it's thing. so random though. I don't know where they can go with it, but I, I know, but they got to start somewhere, right? It, I don't know. I just wish they had teased it before. They, I think this, they have been though, in the matches where she started showing it. And this is finally like, this is what she's been doing this whole time. Cause she started doing it in matches and things, right? We started, it felt weird because she's 
in the outcast but doing this gimmick and we're like what is this i think this is them saying here's what she's been doing and i'm fine with it because i don't trying, need it though, right and... i just it kind of confuses me i don't know i think this definitely helped my perception of this though because my main complaint like the other couple weeks was yeah i don't really like this if they're not going to show me something because they kept putting on collision and i wasn't seeing that it's so i a think bit of a departure seeing, for aew i think seeing something like this is at least there's that i um, liked it i don't know I, I don't, it's just strange i don't know how to feel about it still i'm not gonna say i don't like it and uh, I, it's just it's it's something at least right I'll, the, I'll give them credit the for part that. i really like not that they followed through with it was she's doing this super dramatic whatever and then when the later the match starts with sky blue she starts off like cheating and vicious right away and i was like okay if this is her thing like she's this drama queen but then when the bell rings she's like a killer but then the match didn't really play out that way so oh, i yeah, got confused but anyways we'll get blue. who cares but the bottom line is they're trying to do something with women other than the outcast and i i like this yeah I, they're giving it a shot i don't exactly know where you go with it no but i'm interested i'm willing to see um there's a quick fired up dance and promo from post-match um i didn't catch a lot of it but i thought it was good he's really great when he gets angry but i think I don't remember the phrasing. I feel like he was almost walking us towards a rematch. That's what I've seen. Which I'm yeah. like, okay, anytime you want, anywhere you want, mm -hmm. uh, you have my money. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yep. Uh, then we got Swerve Hangman one. Um, Hangman says Swerve thinks he can take his, he can just take his spot and cheat to get in, not earn it. And maybe he's onto something. But Hangman says it's some rehab and ice packs for him and back to the drawing board. Um, solo opponent from Hangman. Nice to hear from him. And I, it's nice that this appears to not be over as well. I feel like this is him maybe like kind of self-doubt like maybe he's going back to the drawing board just, it's kind, just of like kind of funny because he about almost himself. he almost played the heel in that match and he's complaining about swerve tactics right i mean he didn't cheat though i think no it was just that's more of a true. crowd circumstance but yeah i don't know this felt very hangman to me so i liked it i liked it and it does it makes me happy if this angle is continuing agrees yeah i they, think it's unfinished for they sure. could have that match mm -hmm. in the right roles that we're hoping for mm -hmm. And next we get to hear from Bang Bang Gang, which is always a treat because I'm glad now that they're now that the there's less of a divide between Collision and Dynamite that yeah. we get more of them because Bull Coke Gold is quite literally gold. Um, so we Austin said asked if we're ready for story time with Bang Bang Gang, baby. Um, he said they wanted to talk about the devil. They mocked Cole for a bit though. I thought it was funny. They mocked his taunts and then Colton started grabbing at his ankle, which was kind of funny. Uh, Colton said that MJ thinks he's a generational talent, but the best thing he could come up with is tofu. Uh, Colton said MJF is scared of white, so that's why he attacked Switchblade. Uh, Juice called out Friedman, saying uh, he had some explaining to do, and he said, "If you're a man, you'll face them like one." Just ju immediately when Juice starts talking, I, st I start giggling because he's so weird. He's so funny though. He is like the second he says Friedman, just the way he talks. He's the funniest dude. He's super man. interesting. He's he's so funny to me. Just. I don't understand. Uh, MJF comes out and says the devil has arrived in Stockton. He said we have the ass boys in the ring and their best friend Juice Robinson, a.k.a. Talentless Taint. And then <laughs> just cuted Juice Robinson in the ring. Um, he's just like, my taints rock hard. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah. he's like doing this taunt with his arm and he's like, I'm, I'm rock hard. And yeah. it's like, it's, he's just so funny, man. I love Juice Robinson so much. Um, then MJ led the crown like alternating ass boys and talentless taint chance. That felt a little forced to me, which I didn't love. But again, he's over, so like to a degree, I forgive it. Um, MJ made he's done a lot of horrible things in his life, and since it's the fourth anniversary of Dynamite, he'll recount it. Um, he mentioned throwing Jericho off a cage, whipping Kodoros and tendons with the belt, which I, I 
pop for that. I remember we, that. We like that. Uh, dodgeball related injuries for kids and nearly getting them kicked off TV when he called Tony Khan an effing mark. And he said he's not just a scumbag, he's their scumbag. And I think basically the whole gist of it is if he attacks Switchblade, he would admit to it in yeah. theory, right? Because yep. all in all, he's still a scumbag. And he, he says he's he knows for a fact he didn't attack Jay White, aka Tofu. Uh, he says, he, he or sorry, he suggests he comes down and fights them right now. He makes his way to the ring, but Bullet Club will ditch the ring. And then Jay White returns and jumps him with the Blade Runner. Uh, he poses with the title, and then they go to the ramp, and White cuts a promo up there. Uh, White says he's a cut above the athletes MJF is used to dealing with. He said none of them believed what MJF was saying about how he had nothing to do with the attack. He said MJF is a pathetic, dirty liar that's a slimy, gutless coward. He said, we need an elite champion, and MJF is not that elite champion. He said, if you want to prove him wrong, then they should face off at full gear for the title, and he's going to take the belt with him, which is fine by me because White looks great with that beautiful belt. Uh, and he had two words for him, guns up, and MJF had two words as well. He's on. Yeah, I overall quite like this. I thought Austin I it very much. Austin Gunn is sounding really confident on the mic. Colton, not so much, but that's Colton's fine. getting there though. I think. And then Juice is just crazy and really captivating when he's on screen. I didn't like Max forcing the crowd to chant. Like I think no, that three was times. the only thing I didn't love. But so it reminds me of The Rock when he was starting to get a little bit lazy and he just knew he could get the crowd to say anything. So it'd be just stupid things that don't make any sense, and he just because he could, right? Um, so that kind of bugs me. Um, I like Bullet Club Gold a lot. They're just a bunch of mouthy pricks, and I like it, right? <laughs> I love all of them, man. I feel like they're cool in the way that the kingdom thinks they are. No, and wishes Bullet they Club were. are actually cool. And they're, they're actually they're so cool. Um, I thought Jay White sounded really good to end this, and it sets up a sweet match for Full Gear, right? I don't think White wins, but I don't know. I, maybe they feel like if they want to keep doing this MJF as a baby face, I don't think he needs the title. No, I hear me out. Give it to Switchblade, man. I don't Give it to think him. it's helping face MJF, to be honest, with no. all of the stories he's in right now. Because I thought Cole and with everything else, I don't know if he needs the right. Because I thought the whole shtick with his title run was that like when he was heel, it was the reign of terror. And it was just whole. And I think that was great. Yeah. But now I think it's evolved beyond that. Yeah. So I, be, I don't yeah. think it'll happen, but I'm OK with no, it. No, I hey. I would be the happiest guy yeah. alive if they gave it to Switchblade because, man, he deserves it. Um, but I enjoyed this uh, overall for the most part. Uh Club Gold is always entertaining. I enjoy the whole act so much. I think the guns have improved so much, so I'd love the whole group. I think the guns were probably the only questionable part for me, but I think now they've just come into their own and oh, yeah, they, they fit. fit this group so fit. well. Yeah, yep. they're just they're all a bunch of mouthy pricks, like you said, and it's, it's super entertaining. And Juice is entertaining. He's just amusing by being himself. He's just like... He is funny. He just is. Anything he does, you can just talk, and he's funny. Um, all around, they all amuse me. I'll tie MJF a solid, too. A little heavy reliant on the crowd chanting for my liking, but he's crazy over, so it's okay to an extent. Um, the taint thing was a little silly, but then, of course, Juice made it funny. He's just like, because he's rock hired, you know, and the hand motion was funny. He's just like, he's got funny as bones, man. Uh, MJF, um, I like him still playing out that he had nothing to do with the attack on Switchblade, even though it's kind of, that's what we're assuming. Um and it kind of amused me when we listed off the things he's done because it's sound logic, right? It's like mm -hmm. his logic that is he would admit to attack who, to the attack if he did it, um, which is like it's lo it's sound logic from a certain point of view, and that's why I like about it because it's perfectly believable, and that could be the point, mm -hmm. right? It's like like we would think that, yeah. but then like I don't know, it's a good throw off, right? It is. Um, when White they can came... still go in any direction, exactly, they want. right? Yeah. 
Uh, when White came in, I thought uh, he was killer on the mic again. When he gets going, he just sounds so good. And he's like, he's got his voice and he sounds like a top guy. And I think he looks great with the belt too. Like I'd not, I don't really think he's going to get the win here, but I would love it if he does. Cause he's a main eventer. And I think at some point they got to give him the spot. Right. Um, never so. the biggest fan of the stealing the belt trope, but he looks so sweet with the belt. So I can kind of forgive it because that belt looks right. Uh, only thing you need is the black strap back, you know, um, MJ versus switchblade is going to be sweet too sweet brackets. Wrong club. True. Uh, next we get, this is of the portion we watched today. Mm-hmm. Um, we get hook and orange Cassie interview. Um, Renee talks about how they were close to winning at Wrestle Dream, and Cassie says they would have been great champions, and Hook still is because he has a belt, and you can just hear like the the sheepish tone there. Mm-hmm. Um, Hook says Cassie should be too, and he should be facing Phoenix next week instead of Mox. And I like Cassie here. He said, "Yeah, but Mox was champ for three weeks, and I was champ for I like eleven that months, too. so whatever." He's not wrong. Um, I really like this. I like kind of like the bitter undertone of what Cassie's saying here because he's still like this really laid back character who doesn't really care, but you can really tell he's still very much cares about this title even in the aftermath so i really like that and i think an interesting thread moving forward is that he hasn't had a rematch and i feel like that's an interesting thing to go with right now and hopefully we're building to that maybe i feel like we could be it's kind of funny because we haven't talked about this and it's like you're reading my notes it says this orange is kind of lost without his championship he's not wrong about mox getting the rematch after reigning for only three weeks the guy who doesn't care about anything clearly cares about having the TNT title. International. Uh, sorry, an international title. And it makes the title feel important, even though he's not holding right. it, right? I think so, the saying is what you, you make the title and the title doesn't make you. But I think it works both ways. I think Cassie made the title something really great. Like, he made it feel meaningful, mm-hmm. right? To where, like, him losing it was going to be a big deal, and it was. And I think the title also made him really great too to where to the point where we were loving him so i think it's really a symbiotic kind of thing and people like when the guy who doesn't care because he obviously cared about the best friends and people love that and found it endearing and now he clearly cares about and i international title and i'm right? loving that so yeah yep. i hope they continue with this and i hope it is building to a rematch because um i'm i really loved him with the belt i'm i really did uh next we go to another Excellent, excellent TV match, which is Kenneth Omega and Christopher Jericho versus Kyle Fletcher. Don't have a long name for that. And Kanosuke Takeshita, long enough. They looked so good together. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was great. Um, uh, some, some notables from the match. Uh, Omega and Jericho hit a double suplex to Takeshita early on. Omega got a hot tag flurry. I thought this was kind of cool. So he had Fletcher, like, seated on the ropes in the corner. So he hit the fireman's carry rolling send on to Takeshita right into a backstabber on Fletcher. Mm-hmm. thought that was really nice. Um, Takeshita nails Omega with the forearm because, like, again, he just likes to drill Omega in the face. Because and um, Takeshita's forearms and the knees, he just is a killer. Uh, and then that was right into a half and half suplex from Fletcher. I thought was really clean. And so my favorite part that Takeshita and Fletcher did. So they had Jericho and Omega in opposite corners. So then they simultaneously ran, and so Takeshita would hit running boot and. Fletcher would hit his running in Seguri in the opposite corners, and then they ran and did it in the opposite corners. Right. Like they would run back to the other side. Looked awesome. And then t- simultaneously, um, Fletcher hit Omega with the Michinoku, and Takeshi hit a blue thunder bomb to Jericho. I thought that was a fantastic sequence. I made note of that sequence. That was as well. so good because it just it looked great. like clean. It looked like fluid, and there's like it honestly like that felt like a tag team thing. It looked like they've been teaming forever. Right. Not that just, just like, today. If like you could honestly be, for- be forgiven for forgetting they were a one-off team because yep. that was just a. Uh, super fantastic just 
flush sequence. I really love that. Just it was clean. And to or sorry, um, Fletcher nails that corner into great because I remember that's the he first does. thing he hit in that match with Cassie. I really love again something I'd like to go back to watch. Um, and he did it here, and he just nails it. And he has a really nice Michinoku too. Um, Jericho, and this is where I noted the crowds really yeah, hyped now. This too. match was fantastic. I thought for a TV match. Yeah. Um, Jericho hit his Frankenstein to Fletcher, then Takeshita t- took him out with the Larry. I thought he came in with nice speed there. Um, then Omega nailed him with a really good V trigger, and then Fletcher just smashed him in the face with the super kick. Omega went for like that discus Polish hammer he does, and then Fletcher just mm-hmm. nailed him again. Just like two incredible super kicks there. Just really looked like he nailed him. And then a really nice brain buster. Uh, and now everyone's down. So I thought that was again a really fun sequence. Um, we got a brief Fletcher uh, Jericho strike exchange, and then the double close on left them both down. Omega hit Fletcher with the power bomb running knee combo for two, which looked really good looked as great. well. Um, then Fletcher um, avoided V trigger by like following Omega, hitting a running heel kick, which looked really nice. And then he eventually got caught. He got it was a code breaker one winged angel combo, uh, gave the baby faces the win. So I thought that was solid. Uh, then post match Hobbs came with a double close on taking out Jericho yeah. and Omega. Um, Hobbs threw Omega over the barricade into some empty crowd chairs and then choked him with a guardrail in the crowd while Takeshi was beating up Jericho. Um, then Takeshi held Omega against the ropes and Kaos taped his wrist to the top rope, leaving him open defenseless. Um, some gut shots from Hobbs and he also beat up Jericho with a chair after he tried to shield Omega. And then um, unprotected hair- chair shot to the head of Omega from Kaos. It was. Which was, I mean, necessarily brutal. I think the feud would warrant something like that. Yeah, I thought Fletcher and Takeshi looked awesome together here fantastic some of the sequences were amazing really really good tv tag match kind of like a quintessential aew match right fast pace hard hitting ref loses control um so many cool sequences and combinations not the result i necessarily wanted but the Mm. match was really fun i feel like it's like my thing was it's kind i feel like it's kind of okay to throw them a bone because um i like i feel like they've been taking loss after loss after loss so and you and you have a tag team that is first time together, so that kind of they, if they don't win, it's not the end of the world. This spanned like two commercial breaks, right? Got like eighteen minutes. Oh yeah, this felt like a perfect amount of time. Yeah, I, I really. Enjoyed I it. I personally, I think I like it more than you do. I like the addition of Hobbs as the powerhouse in this family. I like it. It's just for me, my it's he's been tainted by the QTV. Uh, he's debacle. been adrift for a while, and I'm right. hoping this is him. This association and having a mouthpiece. I'm hopeful. I'm more hopeful for it than I am like him. liking it right now. Yeah. I'm more hopeful. I feel like the beatdown of Omega was good. It's that Callus just wants to end Omega, right? And he's going to keep adding more guys to help him do this job. Mm-hmm. And I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I enjoyed this match a lot. Like the opener, I might have liked it better. I really don't know. Um, Two I really good matches turned though. out really well though. Like, I guess like all the people involved, I really like except for Jericho. But yeah. I just like this is kind of over delivered for me because it's kind of really enjoyed. No disrespect to Sammy, but I think it turned out a little better having Fletcher because I think he's so fast and explosive. I feel like it lent itself really well here. I thought Fletcher and Takesha were a surprisingly great team. It was a great one off, if nothing else, because I don't think we'll see it again. No. But um, it was really great here. Uh, the sequence where they did the op- the opposing corner moves as the cat scratch in the litter box. Yep. Um, when they did the corner moves and then the stereo moves uh, together, like it was that was so clean and it was awesome. Fletcher always nails that corner kick. I thought Jericho, though, played his part really well, to his credit. I thought it felt like one of his better outings nowadays. And you were saying, like, feels like he's been doing better in, like, in all these multi-mans. I think that benefits him for sure. Yep. Um, Omega had some great exchange- exchanges with Fletcher in particular, but also Takeshita. Um, I wish the Kallus fam could win again, but I think it makes sense for them to lose here just to throw Jer- Omega and Jericho bone after they've been 
like it's just like a TV win right after they've been losing on multiple pay-per-views. So mm-hmm. I think that's totally fine. Um, I wish Fletcher didn't have to lose, but it makes no sense. At least he took like a double finisher, basically. Right, he so did. So I think that makes him look strong. Um, the reveal of Hobbs in the post-match as always was pretty good. Um, it also felt like I got a good amount of time to this match. Um, and if Edge wasn't on the show, I think this would be such a great main event. Um, so I like Hobbs and I think he's a solid addition to the Callus group just because he's someone that's not been used heavily. Yes. So I feel like he could do well. Um, it just feels like he's been going from one flop faction to another because I think Team Taz was never the best. I think Team Taz only peaked at the end when him and Starks had that brief tag run. Right. But I think generally speaking, Team Taz was kind of a flop. And I think especially QTV ruined his aura for me because I really liked him too. But I feel like that kind of killed him for me. Not I can killed easily him, but forget like, that. It was a blip But it just kind of damaged him for me. It yeah. tainted him a lot. But I'm I'm like I'm happy to have him in the group. But I'm they're just gonna have to do some that they're gonna have to do some work to get him back, like get my interest back for him. Just because yeah. I feel like they damaged him a bit. But I'm I'm willing to see that out. Yeah. Right. I think he's good. So the chair shot to Kenny was also pretty good as well. I thought this match was really great. A pair of great TV matches. I would recommend checking this out too. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, next we got MJF in the medical room. The cleaner in the background. Um, MJ says this would all be easier if Cole was here. Um, Caster like comes in for some reason. MJF had some he, like, issue with him. He like replaces the guy massaging. Yeah, MJF. he was like massaging him, and then MJ said he was like stalking him or tweeting at him or something. I don't know. Caster tries to do the scissoring thing, and MJF said nobody's getting scissored, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, MJ tries to call Cole and gets directed to voicemail. This is fine, but I feel like it's, we're missing some internet thing. That's exactly what I said. So I'm like, what? Caster's a stalker? Am I missing something? Internet business, obviously. Yeah. And I get that. They just wanted a way to for MJF to need Cole and Cole not to answer the phone, and this is what they chose, but I didn't really understand it. I can't mm-hmm. say. Um, yeah, so that that was kind of weird. I don't know. I thought I so. Um, but then we get a Samoa Joe promo. Pleasant, pleasant Classy surprise. Samoa Joe. Interesting. It's something else. I miss King of TV, though. Yeah. King of TV is golden. But he's showing some um, range here, right? Yeah, like, no, I'm good with that. Um, Joe talks about what it means to be a champion and the hunger of a champion. He says he's been a champion everyone, and he knows when to be hungry and to be satisfied, and he is a man who is satisfied. He says he should be a champion in AEW, and he needs to find that hunger again. He said MJF did earn his respect, but he will find out that, well, I like this, when he finds that hunger, he always manages to eat. Yeah, so it's he's that, like, that final line was awesome he's like really nicely dressed in a suit and he's like clipping a cigar and he's drinking a low ball of some alcohol like it's like in it's it's sort of sophisticated Samoa Joe which is interesting to see and he just is believable no matter what I just I think he's honestly one of the best all round I I love him and I'm hoping that this yeah the range is important right is moving into something new like he's gonna get more intense or whatever he's doing i'm interested because i believe whatever oh, samoa is joe's yeah, selling going after a belt yeah i don't know which belt he could get that's not i don't know like because i just feel like there's i just hope he's on, Dom- belts, but... on dynamite prominently yeah whatever yeah, yeah. he's doing i think roh is a waste of him yep uh but yeah i thought this was really cool it was different which i liked and i really enjoyed what he was saying the whole metaphor kind of thing yeah. or whatever i thought the this closing line was super cool and i'm okay if they want to go back to him and mjf um if that happens sure i have no issues with that i do want to see other things as well but like no issue with that whatsoever especially cause... if mjf is staying face and you want to go super heel joe absolutely yeah. if mjf keeps the bell after full gear um joe could totally get another crack at that that's yep. fine um, provided they don't do, I, I wonder if they're gonna start up the eliminated tournament again. I don't know. I mean, it feels like they don't have a lot of time, but then again, their tournaments tend to be pretty short, considering the last tournament Four we had people. lasted a week. Yeah. It, no, it was eight people. It's just it lasted oh, a week because yeah. they had three shows. Right. So it literally legitimately lasted a week. So they could totally do another tournament, I guess. Um, next we get Tony Storm versus Sky Blue. 
uh, why this is the last match on the show and not the one we just got, I will never know. And um, Storm's gear, I think intentionally, looks like 70s women wrestlers. Yeah. Like, the lack of knee pads especially. It's like what weird you would me. have in that era. Yes, Nothing but, fancy. Um, it's just worth noting. I thought that was a nice, like, stylistic choice if that's yep. what they're going for. Because it, like, right off the bat, that caught my eye. Um, not a lot here. There's short on Larry from Storm. Uh, hip attack from Storm. Knocking blue off the apron. Blue hit a diamond crossbody for two. She hit a solid looking super kick for two. She did. Um, that's probably the only good thing she did. A hip attack and Storm Zero get the win for Storm. It was about you. what you would expect. Um, this was fine. I thought she was a little less interesting from an in-ring perspective in this new shtick. Like, I thought the character work was more interesting than the, this was. Um, Blue's never anything great either, so it was not much right home. So, I thought it was going a certain way because Stormlight goes for the handshake or whatever and then attacks right from the start. And I'm like, okay. So, again, she's doing this super vicious thing in the ring, but, like, a damsel in distress or whatever it is mm -hmm. outside the ring. But then it's like she Sky Blue takes over and basically dominates most of the match. So I didn't get that. And then it's just a quick right. she hits two moves and yeah, it's over. The fact that Sky Blue is like majority on offense really was weird too. Cause like I like I said, like there's just like a bit of disconnect with Storm didn't really do a whole lot here. And just this because like without like imagine there's no vignette here. This would not get the character over. No. Like just let's say they put the she, vignette on collision again. She did throw to a commercial mid match, which I thought was pretty that funny. That was funny, yeah. But like um, there's just not a lot here. I'm on board with the character, but again, this was your women's match, mm -hmm. right? Like a quick little... Anyways, mm -hmm. nothing impressive, but I'm, I'm interested yeah. to see where we go. Um, we basically Hathaway announcing a four-way match on Rampage, and the winner gets an ROH title match. It's John Morrison, Commander, uh, Lindsay Dorado, who's not even in AEW, right. and Penta. So cool, I guess. Yeah, it's one of those they're they're hyping a match I won't see, so I don't really yeah. have much to say. Um then Excalibur was announcing the Dynamite Title Tuesday matches for next week. Um all I had to say was NXT's loading up their show with a bunch of Moon Master crap mm -hmm. I don't care about, but AW on their hand is loading up with Hangman versus Switchblade and Swerve versus Danielson. One of those is incredibly appealing. Guess which one it is. Also, probably Moxley winning his title back next week. So I would think so. I'm super looking forward to Diamond next week. Like Switch versus Hangman is super random, but I'm like actually both of those matches are randoms. Like Swerve Danielson for a TNT title shot is super random. Yeah, but I love it because that sounds awesome. And Hangman versus Switchblade sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. So that sounds great. That's how you get me to watch. Card. Yep. That's and I don't think I'm working Tuesday either. Nice. So can watch it live. Even. Good. Yes, because that sounds good, and I don't care about. Undertaker or Cena or Heyman or Asuka or whatever is right. on NXT. Um, then we get to hear from Edge. I even wrote Adam Copeland, but then I wrote Edge in brackets. And I wrote Edge will be 50 this month because I looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good information. Yep. Um, Edge told Tony that, uh, or sorry, Shivani, that um, his voice was the soundtrack to his childhood, so being in the ring with him means a lot. He said in 2011 he was told he could never wrestle again, but now it's 2023 and he's in AEW ring. Not mentioning the fact that he returned in 2020, mm -hmm. and he's been wrestling since then. Um, <laughs> Details. Let's not forget the greatest wrestling match ever. That's right. Hello. Like, that happened. We can't ignore that. Um, that's actually my favorite match ever. Not Omega Osprey. Right. Okay. That's, that's my favorite. Definitely. It has been my favorite. And the only thing that makes that match not a, great is that it was at Backlash and not WrestleMania Backlash. That would be better. Right. Um, he said there are a few reasons why he's here, and he'll get to a major reason last. He said that the AW World Championship would look good around his waist. Agree to disagree, sir. Um, I think it looks good on Switchblade. Uh, he said that 
uh, or so you mentioned there's a lot of first time matches against John Moxley. Um, I would watch that. Kenny Omega, sure. Miro, I guess. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, which is a weird one, but sure. Jay White, yes. Juice Robinson, which is weird. Uh, and those are all amazing reasons to be there. I thought when you mentioned, like, no, I love Juice Robinson, but like, when a led, if you're a legend coming into AEW, I would not be thinking about Juice Robinson first. No offense. I, I love Juice. We know this, but like, Juice, Hobbs, even maybe Miro, those are weird choices. Just mixing it up, you know? Maybe there's I buddies. I guess, but like, those are weird choices. All right. That's all I'm saying. Um, he said he's here to challenge himself after 31 years with something brand new, and the fans are making it happen, I guess, because I don't, I don't know. Um, and he said the main reason he came to AEW was he talked to his daughters, um, and, who are nine and seven years old, about what he should do. And one of them, his daughter said uh, that he, sh- he should go from Uncle Jay. Exposing the business. Yeah, and he called him Jay a few times, which I thought was a little weird. Yeah. I don't mind it being like there because it's his kid, but like I feel like you should have reverted back to Christian pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and so you all know him as Christian Cage, which, yes, that felt a little curtain pull- yep. appealing to me. Um, so he's calling him out so he can tell him the real reason he's here. And he said, Jay, come on. Like, that's, you know what I mean? That's a little weird to me. But Christian comes out taking his sweet-ass time. He's got his turtleneck. He's got his belt. And just the look on the man's face. He I just, just looks like it. he's got, like, this stern, like, I don't know if he's, like, And the angry. way he did it multiple times, he really, really slowly turned his head to look at Edge. Like, he'd be staring he's straight ahead, like, and then he yeah. just, I loved it. You just Christian's... Christian saved this for me because I found Edge kind of boring, and then yeah. I, I thought Christian doing almost nothing was way more interesting. <laughs> Christian's just he's proven his worth. What can I say? Yeah. Um. He said for forty years they've been best friends because he's fifty. Um, Correct. And Adam said this industry made them realize why they, they would be best friends for life. He said he beat up Nick Wayne and Luchasaurus because he sees Christian looking more like a dick than usual, and the fans chanted for that. Um. He said that he knows more more about or he says he knows that about him he still loves him um he said he saw christian standing over sting and he went on about how great sting was and how much he loves sting he's like he's like sting it's sting yeah some that 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 he was believable there that i thought that was good yeah but it's sting i don't care um he spoke about how that was Sting, who cost people to feel for 40 years and he talked about how it's like his Beth's parents, or his, no, Beth's Even grandparents, sorry. Like, they know who Sting is, and they, they're, like, Dutch or something like that. He said he knows that Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne will draw Christian like a bad habit once they get all the info out of his brain, and Jay won't see it, which is weird. Um, like, ah, whatever. Um, Adam said that he's here because it's time, and for the first time since 2011, for the first time in, like, over 20 years, it's time for them to team together. Um, he wanted to face a team like FDR, who uh, are friends with him because he made that reference in the Rollins feud, I think, when yeah. Rollins went to his house. Uh, Young Bucks and showing an entire generation of fans why they are arguably one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Now, while I'm not particularly excited about that, I feel like they will fare better than the Hardys. Uh, for sure. Uh, he said he wanted to end their careers together as a team. He wanted to show the fans what they can do. Uh, fans came one more time as Christian looked around. They hugged, and so it's all happy. And then Christian said, go F yourself. Which was amazing. <laughs> Which was just classic christian and then yep. he uh said this is a reminder of what you're up against next tuesday and edge and luchasaurus had a distant showdown yeah christian saved this for me like edge was the first part until christian got there was just it's just i'm not a nostalgia person we talk about it all no. the time so i'm just like okay okay get to the angle get i think to the it angle. was kind of a promo two halves though because i think the first half was kind of like the crowd pandering like yes it happy was, to be your thing that i expected but i thought like obviously when christian came out he 
elevated a lot but i thought just also edge having like a topic to focus yes. on like team and christian like yes that was kind of in the same vein as the first half but i thought it was a lot better when he was actually talking about something and, and not just being christian's like, face the whole time and not just like because i feel like the first half it was just like the general future like it was like shtick that you get like Super all the time cutter, right? i'm new exactly. to the company here's what you say exactly but yes. i like once it became about him and christian i feel like once he had a focus i thought i i enjoyed that more and i thought of course the best part is reserved for christian just i love that he's still a dick even he's like he's hugging edge and perfect. he's just like go f yourself and i it's, loved it it's so funny like it's just it's christian it's it's christian. and so they bring these guys in for the big moments like this but then i feel like at some point you have to long-term book them and keep including them and that's when it gets tough mm-hmm. right they always have a bring them in and get the reaction you want but then you've got to worry about like the next six months two years whatever right and if edge is full-time so, especially right like he said yeah. he's going to be so so we'll i have to see about that. i loved christian in this and edge was fine edge was good yeah christian yep. made this of course yep uh thoughts on this show um, um a bit of a mixed bag, right? So two fantastic matches, but then a squash. I think squash the matches really an, elevate the show, right? And an, but, but then a squash, an enhancement, and a two short women's. I guess I kind of answered, but like. So yeah. kind of a mixed bag there. Um, I liked Christian's involvement here, obviously. Any other? Bullet Club Gold was really good. I don't know. I'm kind of torn on this show. I liked a lot of things, and then some things were. I'll go, I'll go a solid B. Mm-hmm. Just because, I mean, two of the matches really, really liked them. Three of the matches, not so great. And then some other stuff was good. B, show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd probably agree. I think a couple of matches I really loved. I just thought they were super entertaining, super fun to watch. And I there was something I would like to rewatch or I would recommend for a TV match because I thought the tag match was super fun and the opener was super fun as well. Just some crazy stuff within. But then we had a couple squash matches and a mediocre women's match to cap off, which was kind of lame. But then we also had a great bullet club gold segment. I think... The best parts of the show were the two matches I really enjoyed, which is the international title match and the tag match, and then the Bullet Club Gold segment I would also kind of recommend. Um, so I think that makes up a good portion of the show that I really liked, but I feel like if we had some other good things to bolster that, mm-hmm. it would have made a lot a much better show. Um, I thought Edge was fine. I thought, um, what else was there? Like Cole and Roddy were funny. But I think generally, yeah, it was like a pretty good show, but I think it could have been better. I think I'm really looking forward to next week because next week looks pretty super promising i think yeah so we'll see how that goes um and i think that is also i think well, i will also give it a b it okay was a pretty solid show it was a couple of really fun matches had some really entertaining stuff mm-hmm. all right so let's uh stop there and move into a little bit of trivia where i'm going to try something new we'll see if it works it might not so hopefully you get this trivia and that's what we call off the top of his head All right, so I'm getting creative this week. Um, We're going to see if it works. We're going to try and get some audio in, and I'm going to quiz you on wrestling themes. So I'm going to give you 10 seconds. At least I can hear, so we'll see how this goes. Uh, Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I think I know what I'm doing, and I'm actually the new interface I bought allows me to do this, hopefully, if I'm smart enough. Hey, if it's what I think it is, I would love to do this many times. So Sorry, how does this knob work? Which way am I turning for, like... You want more volume? Yeah, like definitely a little bit. So okay, I'll turn I... it up. I bumped it up. So if you're going that way, clockwise to go like louder. Towards me. Clockwise. That would be the way a clock moves. Yes. <laughs> don't, I don't know why I had to think about that, but. Okay, so we're going to do, I'm going to play you 10 seconds, and I, hopefully if ads pop up, I'll be able to mute it quickly and we'll see how this goes, okay? So um, we'll start out pretty easy and we'll see how it goes. 
Here's the first one. Well, that's an ad right away. That's an ad. Amazing. <laughs> so it's going on really well already. So give me a second. There we go. Okay, you can't guess till I pause because no one will hear it. What did you oh. say? Nakamura's theme. Correct. Shinsuke Nakamura is correct. All right. So the, I got it. I'm a pretty sure I'm going to have to get difficult for you, but I will start. Hey, we'll start. Well, this is a start. Um, that one's too. This one. This one's hard. This one's not easy. Okay. Wait. I know. I got it. Okay. It's retribution. Okay. And who? They said it's Mustafa Ali specifically, but really? I, that's no. Ali had a different. I would give. Ali it had to a you. different theme. I would give it to you. And looking at the thing I'm looking at, it looks like the sound is coming through onto the recording. So that is amazing. All right, let me pick another one here. Okay. Do you know this one? That is Cesaro. Oh my God! Why do you know these things? I don't know. That one's difficult because that one sounds a lot like and like a couple of themes from that time sound really similar. But for some reason, I remember that. All right, one. enjoy this one then. You think you're so good? Okay. You know that? Jason Jordan. Oh, my God. I know that one. That's yeah. pathetic. It's partially because I remember that run, but also because I played 2K19 for so long. Oh, and that that's, in I didn't there. even think of that. That's going to help you. A little bit, yes. But I remember. I have a good theme data bank in my brain, actually. All right. Here's... I remember some of the names, too, for like just like the theme titles. Fine. Then know this one. Okay. Let's see what you got. All right. All right. All right. I'll be surprised. <laughs> you know already? Who's that? I already hear him screaming. That's Tazawas. Oh my god, you got a problem. Oh, I love. I could do this for weeks, man. You could honestly just do this for months on end. Okay, good luck with this one then. Okay. I like if you know this one, good okay. for you. You might. <laughs> Who's that? Cologne. Oh my god. Are you just picking these or like is this from a list? It's from a playlist. Okay. I'm just right. grabbing. Right. So the funny thing is, as I was preparing for this and listening to a bunch, you know how we always talk about like your um nationality or race is your whole identity this it's was like, the one where they were handing out like the, every the, uh, resort pamphlets so or that was going to be my hint to you it was the shining Pre stars yeah this pretty much the... all of these are going to be very much like okay good luck you I might mean, know this one i guess but you seem to know all of them you got me there. I don't think I've heard that. They're one actually is that saying one, like new. Or? Listen carefully. I'll play it again. They're actually saying his name. Okay. In his first name in there. The world is Sylvan. Uh, Sylvan Grenier. Yeah. Really? That's yeah. Stumped him. Because that's like old. -ish. That's a deep pull. Okay. That that makes sense. That's an interesting one. Okay. All right. I got That's you on a one. Weird one. Got you on one.
I might let it go beyond 10. Okay, almost done. The Tajiri? Mm -hmm. You're you've definitely pinpointed the culture they're going for, but Ooh, no. Like Kenzo Suzuki? No. He's now <laughs> in this person is now an impact. Ooh. Who's? I don't know. Or is he still an impact? I think so. Kenta? Most recently. No. No, that's not Hideo's scene. I know Hideo's scene. Uh I don't know. We liked him in NXT eventually. Kona Reeves? No. Kona Reeves, Kushida. Oh, really? Yeah. That that's definitely not his WWE one then. All right, here's another deep pull. I think you might know it, but I feel like you won't. I'm trying to stump you now, officially. Oh. Oh. I know it. I know it. Oh my god. It's not much different from his current theme. That was his WWE theme. Oh my god, I know it too. I'm gonna be so mad if I don't get it because I, I've heard this. <laughs> it's, an, it's not No Jose because No His is different. No. Oh. Currently in Impact Wrestling as well. I know who it was, but. It's Rich Ooh. Swan. Yes, because I knew it sounded so familiar, and I I remember now that you hear yes, okay, because it's been so because I've been WWE and like you, I remember that now because yep. I I knew I recognized it as soon as I heard it. I was just like, I knew it. All right, oh, next one. I remember that theme. Oof, stumped you on a couple. My of name is Finley. Oh, that's lame. No guesses, obviously. Stumped. Finley. Yeah. It could be David Finley. I guess. That that Probably was funny. Not. I'm gonna have to fix some clipping there. I think we got loud on that one. Okay. That's, okay. That, that one didn't that's go. That's a good one. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this one is good luck to you. That's so generic. That could be anybody's theme. It's super generic. That is Vance Archer's theme, apparently, oh, from WWE, okay. the Murder Hawk. Yeah, so there's no way. Right. Um, Vance Archer. Yeah, right. You might know this one. It's a throwback. <laughs> we didn't lie to you, folks. We told you we had living, breathing monstrosities. You don't think it's funny. It's sad, is it? Don't do the dog. Get your ass up and wait. That's all you get. I don't know. I, I can't stump that one. Oddities. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll do, uh, I'll try and do one. Oh, no, there's one. There's a couple more. Okay. Just because I don't think you'll get this one either. And that's a commercial. So give me a second while we vamp for three seconds. That sounded like Bo Dallas's. Uh, no. Can't get that one. NXT, former, he had a championship there. Probably the most surprising champion they had. Skinny, skinny boy. Leon Roth? Correct. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, I feel like I remember that kind of Oh, I love right. if you get this one. No way. 
Force. You know it? It's Forgotten Sons. It is Forgotten I, I, Sons. As soon as that's I heard terrible. it, I knew it was familiar. I didn't know it was them, but then like that voice, I was like, that sounds so familiar. It, it The voice in that almost sounds like Eric Young. You got but, it. Like, oh, okay. That I was like, it sounded so familiar for a second. All right, let's go with one more. Although that one's you could do a obvious. whole podcast of this, honestly. I don't think you'll get this one, so I'm gonna end you with stumping you. Last one. Don't even know how many. I'm the did. lady to mess with. Not the lady to mess with. So think of what era that might sound like to you. Sounds like early 2000s. To me. So you know it's a woman. She's not the lady to mess with. Beth? Nope. China? Kind of right era. Dark hair. Victoria? Yes, Victoria. Very good. All right, so I'm hoping I won't know till I listen back. Yeah, but I'm I hope hoping that, that sounds works good because well. I would I would do that. You all like the time. that? I eh? might have to keep track of which ones I've done though. But anyways, we'll switch back now. We got to go well, fast. You could do like era centric ones. I'm gonna sure. go super fast through the rest of my stuff because we got to get going for Thanksgiving. But we'll go back into talking about some of the stuff we watched this week in the world of wrestling, what we like, didn't like, stuff that's notable. It's high spots and rest holds. All right, gonna go through mine really quickly because we gotta go. I, but what do you got for Raw to start uh, off high on Monday? Spot was Gunther Champ. I caught the highlights of that because I heard it was good and um, reminded me of their NXT match a bit, so I thought it was good. Uh, powerbomb, powerbomb, sleeper for the win. Yeah, I heard it was really good. See, if anyone's gonna powerbomb someone to death, I feel like it should be Gunther. Yeah, and I love that his finishes are different, right? Like you never know what you're gonna get out of him. Well, and you just finish your spam that. Other high spot was right after that Gargano saved Champ. I Aaron heard about Aaron, that too. So. Let's get that going. I think I it think sounds you, like it is. Eventually, you have them beat the Judgment Day for the tag titles. I think that's the way to go. And then eventually, you do their breakup story that you did on NXT and act like we never saw it. Just I don't do care. It again, yeah. Run fine. it back. I'm fine. I'm totally okay with that, yeah. Okay. Um, NXT. Good opening segment, I thought. Becky Lynch is in the ring talking about she's not medically cleared after her brutal match with uh, Tiffany Stratton. Lyra Valkyria comes out, and she talks about um, how inspired she was by Becky Lynch. Long story short, she's like a girl from down the road ended up main eventing WrestleMania. So as a young woman into wrestling, like that was huge for her, I guess. Uh, then we get Indy Hartwell. She comes out next, kind of out of nowhere, right? I saw a little thing from Raw on YouTube that like Becky invited her to for a match NXT, oh. which is weird, but like it's still, I don't know. So she talks about becoming NXT Women's Champion at Stand and Deliver, having to give up the title because she got hurt, then getting drafted to Raw. And then really doing nothing. For reasons no one She didn't know. mention that part, but and then she's like, Oh, I you know, this is my home. I got married in this ring, et cetera, et cetera. Uh Roxanne Perez is out next. She respects Lynch, but she, Perez says she's gonna take back the women's title at Halloween Havoc. And of course, surprise, surprise, this leads to a triple threat match tonight where the winner will face Lynch uh night one of Halloween Havoc for the championship. Ah. So it's a simple story, right? I thought it's fine. I really like Valkyria, one. so I was hoping coming out of this that she would be the one to win the triple threat because her story is the most interesting. Indy coming back just feels kind of random. Um, but I guess she's had another body just so that it's not Valkyria and Stratton again. And she's not doing anything, right, anywhere else. So why How could not? She? She's not interesting. I thought I think you might have been around for this. Solid tag team match, Wolfgang and Mark Coffey uh taken on Butch and Tyler Bate. We got a I double finish at least, which I didn't love. A double team Tyler Driver ninety seven on Mark Coffey for the win after about ten minutes. And obviously, like these four have wrestled many, many times, and I thought they had pretty good chemistry. 
and then you get Gallus attacking after the match, right? So the numbers mm -hmm. game until who shows up to even the numbers. You oh, saw this. Yeah, Ridge Holland. Ridge, we, we Holland, Ridge Holland runs back and headbutts and pounces, I think it was. Joe and Gallus end up retreating. So Ridge isn't a return I'm looking for, but it does kind of make sense. I thought he left NXT too early. Clearly, they like him because of his think size he's mostly. Around, though. Uh, that's the thing. If he is returning for more seasoning, that makes sense to me, but who knows? He might not be there long. Um, but regardless, I imagine we're getting a six man tag at Halloween Havoc, maybe, seems like. Anyways, mm -hmm. we'll find out, I guess. Uh, we get a lengthy segment with Dragonov, Trick, Mello, and Dom all involved. And basically, long story short, Trick decides that he does not want Mello at ringside for Trick's match um, against Dom tonight. So it kind of feels like. That story is still ongoing, and I like it. It's been moving kind of at a nice slow pace for me. A uh, little bit every week. Just a tiny little segment. Either it seems like Trick and Mellow are on the same page, or maybe they're not. So right. that continues. I thought there was a pretty good triple threat match with the women in this, and it was the outcome I wanted. Lyra Valkyria defeated Indy and Roxanne Perez. And again, I just think Lyra's story is the best connection to Lynch, by far the most interesting. Yes, it's face versus face, but it's, it's like, Irish. It's like a uh, kid against her idol kind of thing, right? right. So uh, it also, I think, is the best possible wrestling match out of all of them because I think probably Lyra's, is. Right? I think Lyra's sick in the ring. So um, I mean, that's mean to towards Indy Hartwell, but Lyra won with her splash that did not look great. Yeah, I think you I were didn't there like for that. that. No. Um, her kicks look really good, so I don't know why she can't incorporate a kick finisher of some kind. Probably should, right? She should. I mean, definitely not that splash. And then who shows up after this? We get another main roster show up. Who was it? I don't remember. Good old Tegan Knox. Oh, yeah, right. Is she facing Lynch on, on Raw? Raw? Yeah, so she's been supposed to get a match for weeks, but things keep getting in the way, like real life. This felt random, why. and I'm not sure anyone really knew who she was. I almost forget about her. And I don't. I like her. I think she's fine. It's just Yeah, Tegan Knox is good. She's been out of sight, out of mind for me. Yeah. I liked Braun Breaker interacting with Mello backstage, right? He talks to... I liked how he was kind of like going... Yeah, he's like, whatever. listen, man, if Trick's your buddy, how come he wasn't there at Gorilla when you suffered that loss? He should have been there to hug you and console you. Mm -hmm. And you can see Mello, the wheels start turning, right? And Braun's like, nobody understands how you feel more than I do as someone who lost the title. And basically, he's kind of like destroying everything is the way to go. And you should just start go heal and destroy people like I do I like am. heal mellow right um so I, I think it's cool right everyone senses this mellow trick implosion mellow's having self-doubt so they're trying to pick up the pieces and align themselves with one or the other of them right? right people want trick people want mellow I think that's cool and kind of a realistic thing um and I would have been okay if mellow was like yeah and turned heel to be honest because <laughs> heal mellow is awesome but anyways I prefer. It's that. been a while. I like almost forgot about but Heel Mellow because I I used to be wanting like not only go back to Heel does Mello, but... Heel Mellow not arrive, but he reveals to us that he's going to be joined by John Cena next week. So unless he wants to turn <sighs> the, on well, Hina, wait, wait, Cena, because that would be strong. Rem remember, they're not competition. That's though. right. That's right. That's the running theme this week. That's right. Um, looks like we're getting at Dragonov versus Corbin at Halloween Havoc because Corbin sort of walked up title, and I interrupted. Guess? I think so, Dragonov. And reminded Ilya that outside of Mello, Corbin is the only one to beat Dragunov in the last year. Which, that just seems weird. And he's also like, and I took badass Braun Breaker down, etc., etc. So, it feels like... Meaner than evil, too, also. Let's not forget. Could be. So, this is weird. I can't believe I'm saying this. I liked Davenport Dolan. And I think it was mostly because of Dolan. That's strange. I don't know if she's in better ring shape or something, but her offense looked faster and crisper than almost anything I can remember. Maybe she remembered she's actually a wrestler. 
was a really short match and she ended up winning, but I thought there was good intensity. Uh, so it was basically chair get introduced a couple times by each woman, I think. Referees taking it away from Davenport. Dolan rolls her up. So cheap finish, but I thought Dolan looked pretty good, actually. We're getting Osaka against Roxanne Perez, apparently, right? Um, Kiana James said that if Perez wants a match with her, then she needs to beat Osaka next week. So surprise, Osaka's coming. Again, they're not competition. So this I did for fun. They went through all of the breakout tournament roster. Oh, God. And they gave them, like, uh, each person got a second with their accolades and their intangibles on screen. So I made a little table. You know me, (laughs) and I like tables. Okay, yeah, yeah. So Lola Vice first in the order they appeared for us. Uh, accolades former bellator mma fighter that's legit first cuban-american female superstar in wwe cool okay, okay. intangibles yeah. grit and determination i would agree those okay. are actually that's intangible fair. That's things. Fair. yeah danny palmer three-time oh, national in acrobatics and tumbling scholar athlete of the year she's gonna tumble through the ring. intangible daredevil yeah. Okay. Well, because not everyone... Well, that's like saying that's Darby Allen's intangible, right? Not everyone's like, that's fair. Okay. Okay, I'll give them that one. I would say being a daredevil is tangible, but being like, because I can see it, but whatever motivates you to be that way. So okay. I would have liked an adjective there. Okay, I'll give them that, though. That's, that okay. one's like plausible, I feel okay. like, though. Ariana Grace, Canadian. Uh, Miss Universe Canada finalist. I don't even know what that means. She was in uh, like the Miss Universe like beauty pageant. Oh, that, well, that does her a lot of... Intangible... This one made me laugh because she's clearly being like the delusional heel, right? Intangibles, likability, compassion, self-awareness. Okay. I like that. <laughs> I quite enjoy that. Self-awareness is a good one. I love that. Okay. It, okay. Yeah. I, I like that one. Uh, Jada Parker, accolades, national champion at LSU in softball, SEC champion oh, in LSU in soccer, intangible athleticism. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess. Jakara Jackson. Okay. Oh. Vogue runway model. Bikini bodybuilding champion. Her intangible supreme confidence. Okay? Sure. I think that, <laughs> I, does that apply? I feel like that applies. Yeah, it could. Carmen yeah. Petrovic, Canadian. Okay. Third degree black belt, US Open champion in karate. Sweet. Intangible, pinpoint precision, mental focus. I feel like pinpoint precision you could train, so maybe that's not intangible. Yeah. And I feel like the focus is probably... I think that applies. That Kalani one. Jordan, who they're putting over as the favorite. Three That's time, your favorite? Three-time Michigan State Gymnastics captain. Five-time American... Sorry, academic All-American. Intangibles, body control, ring IQ. Ring... Please. That's I, A, isn't that tangible? B, I don't think that applies to her. Finally, Izzy Dame, professional volleyball player. First team All-Mac. That's just the conference she played in. In volleyball... Her intangible physical toughness. So sure. interesting. So we do get the first tournament match. It is, I guess, notable because it's a tournament. Kalani Jordan did defeat Izzy Dame in the first match. I was actually impressed with Izzy Dame. She's like a less mu- uh, less muscular Gonzalez, like that size. Okay. So she's a big volleyball player, right? Um, she played the powerhouse heel, kept it simple, had a backbreaker. Other simple stuff looked good. You need to bring back the men's one, too. I even thought she might have improvised a couple things that looked good. Anyways, Jordan won with the split-legged moonsault after five minutes, and I thought, actually, Izzy Dame looked better than Jordan. But to be fair, Jordan was mostly selling to the monster in this one, right? But I thought Dame had potential there, for sure. I was a bit pleasantly surprised. I thought the main event was solid. Judgment Day obviously cheated like crazy, including the return yeah, of I think J.D. McDonough. Yeah, I interesting that, yeah. I noticed, I noticed that. I thought it's interesting that uh, obviously Dom loses when he was alone. Right. 
So all of Judgment Day are there, right? Balor ends up running across the apron, hitting Trick with the title Judgment belt. Judgment Day and JD, I guess, because technically he's not there. Right. The ref was distracted. Frog splash from Dom, and he wins the North American title back from Trick Williams, who had a very brief reign. Fine match. Lots of extracurriculars, as you would expect from A, Judgment Day, and B, Dom, because the thing is Dom needs something because he's not as good as That's anybody, true. right? Yeah. Um, and again, it's Trick made a bad decision not to bring Mello. So that plays into that storyline, which I like as well. Uh, and I must say, Judgment Day do look cool with all the gold in the briefcase. Yeah, I like that. They I look like, like a, a cool more, group. Yeah. Uh, we get Paul Heyman to end the show. He also, cuts a really Sokoa nice must promo. must be pissed right now because Bloodline yeah. had all the gold and he was North American champion. And they were like, nah. Um, Heyman cuts a really good promo. He'll be in bronze court. But they also make almost leave it like... You could interpret that Roman's coming. I think they did that intentionally. Which is kind of mean because there's no way in hell that Roman will ever step foot in NXT right. again. If you pay close attention, you know it's it's Heyman coming. But I feel like they left it a slightly ambiguous for people not paying attention. Yeah, uh, which that's kind of mean. Into Impact quickly. Opening match was Killer Kelly and Tasha Steeles. I thought it was pretty decent. Kelly catches Tasha in a sleeper. I thought it's like Tasha and Perrazzo challenging per for the belts. Perrazzo comes weird. out and pulls the referee out of the ring. Yes. And Tasha hits the blackout for the three count. So that is Tasha's back. They're putting some focus on her. She and Perrazzo seem to be teaming, I imagine. So Perrazzo can turn and turn. One of them's going to turn and right. go back to heel because yeah. both of them are better that way. Um, so getting a win over one of the tag champs is a way to get that feud started, I get. I guess um, Gresham walked away from Bailey yet again, which I liked. Gresham sort of talking to Gia and she's asking him about cheating to beat Bailey last week. And Gresham said that's what he's talking about, the incompetence of the referee. So like it's not his fault he cheated. It's the referee's fault for not noticing. That's one way to go. Which I kind of liked. And Bailey comes in is still doing the super baby face. And he's like, hey, we're supposed to be here to help each other. What are you doing? Right. And Gresham just walks away. I think they have a cool dynamic. And like Gresham's tired of doing things the right way and getting nowhere and being forgotten. And Bailey is still um, a baby face. So I, this works for me. Bailey's um, still a baby face. Tommy Dreamer doing an emotional promo actually led to something interesting. So he comes out to the ring because Crazy Steve has the uh, briefcase to cash in for his. What I is saw. That, so yeah, I was showing you that that media. match is on the fallout now. Like yeah. I don't know if that's the match or that's just like an extra match. But like it, that'd be weird. That's where you're putting the match right. on an untelevised, like kind of like post show. It's supposed to be digital media, so maybe it'll be on there somehow. So Dreamer talks about being friends with Steve for a long time and that Steve's amazing wrestler and goes into specifics about what this guy has to do to wrestle as a blind person. Like he has to count his steps when he's ring running the ropes and stuff like that, which is crazy just to think of what I don't know what like, that guy's processing to have a regular match that yeah, other people aren't. It's like I understand like doing that, but like I don't know how you'd be able to do that and like just it still breaks my brain how that works. So anyways he talks about Steve was talking about one of the things he that being blind he'll never get to do is drive a car. So that he dreamer gave him the keys to his tar car went to an empty parking lot and taught steve to drive and that basically was crying steve was crying and said it was one of the only times he's ever felt normal so really really good stuff here whether it's real or not it sounded real um and that basically he dreamers like i love steve and that yes i'm happy to give steve any type of match he wants because he deserves it and then they embrace tightly for quite a while and then finally we see that Steve has literally stabbed Tommy Dreamer in the back with a fork. And yes, you can see something under Dreamer's clothes that obviously, but whatever, right? I thought it was continuing this ultra-violent, crazy Steve, and just he's unpredictable, and he's not, doesn't matter who you are, he's going to attack you. 
Um, mm. And I like they're just putting time and effort into him. I, and, and this isn't nice. My last note says, I've wanted to stab Dreamer for his cheesy emotional promos for years so I can see Steve's side. <laughs> That's not nice. A um, couple rest holds. A little harsh. couple rest holds after that. There was a multi-person match with Eric Young, Jake Something, Jordan Grace, Dirty Dango, and Champagne Singh taking on Brian Myers, Mahabali Shera, Bully Ray, Kylan King, and Jody Threat. So really random. Um, so the winning team goes into a five-way match next week. And the whoever wins that match gets the number 20 spot in the Call Your Shot. And which whoever, Bully Ray won last year, let's not forget. And whoever gets pinned is number one, I think, right, is how it works. Which is one of those things I Impact like that. tries I like that, that I think is cool. Um, Shara looks for a sky high on Jake, but Jake ends up hitting the void for the win here. Just an odd mishmash of people and odd dynamics, so it never really got going. The women did quite a bit, but the match itself I didn't think was super interesting. So many involved in this that had no shot of winning, right? So right. it's kind of that hurt it a bit. Then we had a fans revenge match, which is ABC taking on Skylar and Jay Vidal. So basically there's a whole bunch of fans uh, around ringside with belts and they're allowed to hit whichever person is it like actual fans do you know i i imagine it was fans they know really well or plants for sure hotch is on paternity leave so skylar tried to recruit savannah evans saying like you're my first choice but giselle shaw was like we heard you all over the internet asking everybody so no you can have vidal instead because vidal cost oh that's why yeah okay um so Skyler in this just took an absolute beating because anytime the heels hit the floor, they were getting whipped relentlessly. And anytime Bay or Austin hit the floor, they were just like, didn't touch them and would help them right. up sort of thing. So that yeah, was yeah. kind of funny. But just wrestling wise, all momentum is lost here as people just... It's kind of a similar thing like a lumberjack match. You have like... to find ways for people to keep going out of the ring. And it just kind of stops the momentum of what was going on in the ring. And other than just feeling bad for Skyler getting absolutely whipped to death in this, it didn't really do much for me. Um, Art of Finesse in the Fold, ABC win. The main event was a decent uh, con match, but that's like never a ringing endorsement, right? It was Alexander <laughs> and Khan. So Diener gets a steel chair. Looks More like of an endorsement for Alexander. Looks like he's going to hit Alexander, but Shelly pulls the chair out of his hand and Alexander accidentally hits Shelly. So they're face-to-face and sort of... Uh, so anyways, Alexander hits the C4 on Khan and wins. Shelly gets in Alexander's face and then we get a shell shock to Alexander. Go ahead, say your thing. Blade Runner. Yeah, there you go. I I will say, Alexander sold the crap out of that though. Yeah, he I did. will. I'll say that much. He, he did. did. He sold that really well. But Blade Runner better. So I ended up speeding through there. We might be all right for time. So um, you didn't have anything for figuring this week. Mm, just the fast lane. So oh, we're fast lane preview, right? So let's do that really quickly right now. We'll just right stick now, it on just, the end just here. Just keep it going. Yeah. yeah, keep it rolling. Okay, it's like five matches, and this feels like. That's not I feel bad. like they tend to do B pay-per-views in between like the more interesting ones, but I feel like back-to-back, these are, pay-per-views are kind of lame because I feel like payback was kind of mid considering we didn't finish it, and this one looks very pointless as well considering oh, great. Like, we have a couple multi-man tags that mean I nothing have, to me. I don't even know who's in this one, so I'm really going off the top uh, of my head. EO, Asuka, Charlotte for the women's title. Let me guess. Charlotte. Hmm. I'm picking EO. I'm taking EO as well. I can't believe I'm going against my watch. It'll cost me. It'll cost you. But I just don't think, from what I hear, it's going okay, and I don't think we need to take it off of her. She's awesome. I don't think so. I don't think they put a lot of effort in this run. I agree. It looked kind of weird. LWO and mystery partner, rumored to be Carlito, uh, versus Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. I'm taking LWO. Just seems like the likely bet. I'll take the heels, or is that heels even? I'll take the other group. I don't know anything. I'll take Lashley. I'll put, I'm writing lashes and his boys. 
Uh, Cena and LA Knight versus Jimmy Uso and Solo. I do Cone. notice Lashley can only be teamed up with other black people, though, right? That's a has to be. It's so God. Anyway, sorry. What I'm was not that? saying it doesn't work. I'm just saying it's like it's I, it. It's not that it couldn't happen. It's just that it's the only thing that happens. Yeah. Like yes, people of similar races do hang out together, but not exclusively all the no, time. But, but anyways, it, it is what it is. Yeah. Sorry. What was that match? Cena and LA Knight. Yeah. Versus uh, Bloodline. Kind of. Who? Uso and Solo. Jimmy and Solo. I guess I'll take Knight and Cena. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because I think Knight's got momentum building. And Cena's not showing up to lose. And I mean, why maybe. do you need Jimmy Uso to win? Like, yeah, he's that he, too. All he did since the Uso split was go back to the bloodline. Yeah. And Solo doesn't have to lose. So. Right. Um, Judgment Day, which is Priest and Balor versus, guess what? Solo pushed Jay Uso and Cody Rhodes uh, for the tag titles. I'm taking Judgment Day because they're not even a real team. And I swear to God, Same. if the first thing you do in Jay's big solo right. run is give him the tag titles with not Jimmy Uso. <laughs> That's a great point. Like, come on. I agree. I the would. fact that he's even in this match is laughable, but like. And no I way. don't think, I think Cody thinks that tag titles are beneath him right now and probably doesn't even want them. So They probably are, to be fair. Yeah. Um, then finally, Nakamura versus Rollins. Last minute ending match for Rollins' secondary prize. Um, I think it's time. I'm taking Nakamura. Me too. I'm taking. It's a gamble, but I'm taking Nakamura. I think it's time for Nakamura. I think a Rollins has had a good enough run. I think he's done. I think he's done everything in his power to elevate this belt as much as you can because it does feel secondary. But that's through no fault of his own. Correct. I think he's done the best he can, and I think it's time you give Nakamura something. Me too. I think you get, finally give him a run that he deserved like four years and ago. And I hear good things about what he's doing currently, so why not now? I've liked what I've seen. So. Yeah. I'll say that much. Me too. I'm taking Nakamura. So we'll I agree. S- we'll see about that. That show looks like something I don't really care about. It's tonight. I kind of forgot. We should probably record it. Hopefully we it's don't It's tonight? Yes. Okay, I'll record it. Yeah. I will do that. <laughs> see? See? Yeah. You don't know. It doesn't matter. But nice. yeah, Fastlane tonight. All right. I think that's going to wrap up 168. We got to get ready for a big Thanksgiving meal in the next couple hours. So I hope if you're Canadian and celebrating Thanksgiving, you have a great long weekend. If you're American, wait another month. And if you're American, you'll enjoy yours soon enough. You got a nice weekend of football or whatever else you're into. So enjoy that. We'll be back here next week for episode 169. (laughs) And until then, everybody, take care.